Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. It's always that one time you need a defense attorney and you just don't know who to call, right? Well, I'm telling you, Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, he's the best in the business when it comes to a defense attorney. And he's a former prosecutor, so he knows the other side of the courtroom. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide, has handled litigation in over 19 different states. If you need Manny, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. He stops by the show twice a month. Got any questions? Leave it on our hotline, 404-369-3825, or on our social media off podcastthebs.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc. Offering virtual sessions. If you can't get to the Georgia Stops, the website, markwelltherapy.com. Again, markwelltherapy.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. Hey, there it is. Episode 83 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissor Studio, beautiful Roswell, Georgia. There is the Nader Tater still in Iowa, still in his high school bedroom looking sharp. I like it. Morning, guys. How you doing? I was getting to me, so I got your license, your I your yeah. Iowaian license. I did to give up my Georgia license. I still got a backup though. <laughs> what do you got a copy of it? Like a fake idea? Yeah, I just have like my old one. <laughs> uh, your wife was probably excited. She's like, I've never had an Iowa driver's license before. This is neat. Yeah, yeah, it's her first time. She's official now. She's an official Iowaian. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Thrasher there in the Zelensky Studios in uh, where are you at? Noonan, Georgia. That's right. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good. How y'all doing? Good. Uh, are you both organ donors on your driver's license? Uh, I am. I don't know if she is. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. Might have to drop her if she's not. Yeah. Well, you always, like, isn't that the, um, I don't know if it's an old wives tale or whatever it is, but that you're not supposed to be an organ donor because they won't try as hard to save you if you're in a car accident. That's what I thought. Yeah. I've never heard that before. And that makes so oh, much really? sense. Wow. Thanks for totally changing my mind on being an organ donor now. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Oh, we, we are short on kidneys. This guy's probably going to die. We just won't try very hard. <laughs> Where did you hear that? That's crazy. Uh, I've heard that like my whole life. Uh, or I mean, whole driving life, I guess. Really? Br- Brandon, you oh, too? College. Yeah. You heard that in college? 
No, common knowledge. Oh, common knowledge. Yeah. He didn't go to college. He went to college for like three weeks, didn't he? I thought he went to college for a couple weeks. Beauty school. (laughs) Beauty school. Uh, Hey, back off. My daughter wants to go to beauty school at some time, (laughs) at some point. Well, just don't let her drop out because then you'll have to sing the Grease song. I know. I, uh, I, there was a post from my high school, you know, you're connected in Facebook and this poor girl, a lot younger than I am, a beautiful young girl and she needs a, a liver and they have to find a donor and they gave the blood type and I'm that blood type. And I was like, well, what do I do? I mean, should I, should I give my, I don't know anything about that stuff. Like, what happens if I give my liver? What happens to me? You know, which is, you know, I guess you have to think that way, but it's horrible to say it out loud because this poor girl needs a liver and you could help her out, right? So, I, I don't know. But they, they put, like, the all call out, said, hey, if anybody this type of blood uh, blood type, uh, if you're interested, you could help out, and here's the number you can call. Don't you only have one liver? What they do? Yeah, Just cut you, it in half? You'd die. Is that, is that how that works? <laughs> Yeah, or no, maybe I mean, it's yeah, a kidney. Yeah. It's a kidney. Yeah, you got two kidneys. Oh, yeah. You could give her your liver, but it'd be you'd be taking one for the team in a big way. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. It was it had to have been a kidney. <laughs> That's right, because we got two of those things. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, like uh our uh our buddy nervous Jared, didn't his his wife gave him right. her, or yeah, she gave him his or her kidney. Yeah. You you've got to stay together forever if that happens. Yeah, yeah, because it, and it's always going to be held over your head. Any argument? Oh, really? You don't want to take out the trash? I guess I just gave you a kidney <laughs> for no reason. Give my kidney back. Yeah, give me my kidney back in the divorce. <laughs> oh, you only get half of it. <laughs> it's also a great pickup line. You know, you start talking to some girl in a bar, and she explains that she needs a kidney. I mean, it's it's okay now, but at some point, it's going to get bad, and you know, you discover that you both are the same blood type, and you're like, well. If my, I mean, maybe the greatest unused pickup line ever. If my kidney is going to eventually be in you, why shouldn't I be tonight? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, like, you can't really say no to that. You know? Yeah. But if you, you don't have a kidney, you probably shouldn't be at the bar. Hope she's not drinking. Just drinking water. Yeah, of course. She's, maybe she's working at the bar. Maybe she's, yeah, there, she's, yeah. she's working at the bar. So, anyway. Got through the entire most hated man on the internet finished it. Uh, not that it was crazy long. I think it's only three episodes, uh, lengthy episodes, three episodes working on getting Charlotte laws, the mother that brought down Hunter Moore on this show. I've been talking with her. She's from Georgia, actually. Uh, she's a doctor, Dr. Charlotte laws. So have you, you guys both gotten through this thing? Uh, no, I've got through the first episode, but I oh. looked her up. I thought she was a real estate agent. <sighs> has doctor in front of her name so this is no says doctor doctor of houses doctor yeah doctor houses her 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 husband i think his name is charles in the show he's an attorney because at first he told the daughter don't worry about it it will all go away and he talks very proper he's very proper british oh charlotte laws she's the uh the mother yes charlotte laws okay i thought you meant the girl the i think the daughter or the the actual girl that had the pictures she she's like a real estate agent now oh uh, was she done trying to be an actress yeah i think well for just from i, I kind of researched her and from what i read this thing like made her quit acting so mm. when this happened she she went to real estate because she couldn't act anymore so for those that haven't seen it, 
uh, what this show is about, it, it, it'll make you so angry because if any, most normal dudes, right, the one guy we all despise is the bar douchebag. And, and you know who he is, right? During the affliction days, very easy to spot out. Uh, as, as trends changed, you had to figure out who the bar douchebag was. You know, the guy going to the club. And it's it just, there, there's a certain look about the guy. And this Hunter Moore dude checks off every single one of those boxes. Every single one of those boxes. And the show makes you angry because he's such a prick, you know? I mean, he, like, has zero sympathy towards anyone. Uh, now, what the show will also do to you is make you question if he's that much of a prick because you go, okay, I mean, there's a lot of... He had this website, isanyoneup.com, very popular in the early 2000s, and pictures of boobies and dick pics and all kinds of stuff were posted up there. A lot of them users submitted, but what they later came to find out, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess you could say this is a spoiler, but this is a story that's been in the news for, you know, it was over a decade ago. It was a big news story. And so uh, this is just telling the story <clears throat> and it's told very well, but uh, they found out he was hacking these girls accounts because there was a trend, not all of them, but there was a trend of a good number of, of girls whose whose nude pictures were posted up on this is anyone up dot com. And they're like, I didn't send it to anybody. You know, the only person I sent it to was me on my phone. You know, and like it starts out with Charlotte Law's daughter explaining what she did. And my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, ah, I don't know about all this. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> I mean, like, and that, and it, and it kind of hurts because you're, you know, now you're victim blaming, but you're just like, I don't know if you're telling the whole truth here, girl. You know, you took some nudes and you just were, just felt in the mood to take them and email them to yourself. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just usually when you take nudes, you send them to someone. And so that's what she said. And then there was a, a lot of girls that said the exact same thing, that they, they were just taking them for themselves. Okay. Each to their own. I, I mean, I'm not telling you it's not true. So this Hunter Moore guy buddies up with this dude that was originally trying to hack him and says, hey, I'll pay you $200 a week to hack other people. And what they did was, I guess, clever. Was it clever? Have you gotten to the part where how they hacked, Nate? No, I haven't yet. Okay. I don't know if this is clever or not. Uh, it works. I guess it's, there's some part, some cleverness to it. They would reach out to girls on Facebook and they would, uh, well, I'm sorry, they would hack a Facebook account because I guess a Facebook account maybe at the time was a lot easier to hack. And, and and they would hack the Facebook account, then they would DM uh, or PM or whatever the hell it is in Facebook, they'd private message the uh, a friend of theirs, a good-looking girl, you know, and they would say, hey, I lost my password, I lost my... Or I forgot my password. I lost my phone, and um, uh, like I'm, but but I'm and I'm locked out of my email account. There's like a, like a list of things, uh, of, of 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 problems this this person supposedly has, and they said, "Can I have my password sent to you?" And of course, the friend said, "Absolutely, sure." So it was like they sent it, and they're talking like kind of friend gibberish with the the emojis and all that stuff, 
and they send it, and then, then they send the code back, and then the next thing they know, they know that their email has been, it says your password has been changed. And it was like none of them caught on to it. They're just like, oh, that's weird. What happened there? And so, uh, so they were changing that person's password, knowing that they can recover it. But what they did was, this was the clever part, they changed the secondary email to uh, their email which was just a made up email. So all mm-hmm. these all these but but the problem was is all these hacked accounts had the same email. You know, which the FBI is going to eventually be able to track down the IP and you know I mean it's, it doesn't take rocket science to figure that out if you're the FBI. And that's what they would do. They would hack into these accounts. They would go through their their emails and they would find the nudes. And then they would post it up on the site and then they would post the social media links to these girls and guys on the site. Uh, and, and people would say some, like, I mean, there's some fucked up people out there saying some really horrible things, you know, and it's destroying people's lives. So they're reaching out to this Hunter Moore guy and saying, Hey, please, I did not send you these pictures. I did not submit these pictures. I don't know how they got up on your site. Can you please take them down? And they were all very nice. And he pretty much laughed at them, told them to go fuck themselves, you know? And that's where he got Charlotte Laws pissed off. She was like, if you would have been cool about this, dude. You could have had your site up and running, and I wouldn't have taken it down. But eventually, he got taken down, and then goes to jail too. So, ah, okay, yeah, I guess that's pretty smart. the The thing that I don't understand is like how I know you said they messaged like good looking girls or whatever, but out of the the millions of people, I mean, even at the time that were on Facebook, what are the chances that you go through all this work to hack someone's account and they just happen to have nudes in their email, like drafts or? I mean, it just seems not a efficient way to do things because how how would you know what if you did all that and you go through their shit oh oh, they don't have anything that was a waste of time yeah i i i don't know i don't know how they knew i don't know how they knew you know after watching this most hated man on the internet i think there's more to the story like i don't think we got the whole thing um you know, it was a piece obviously to destroy this hunter more and rightfully so because the guy is such a tool you know, and, and like to prove the point that he's such a tool is what he did to the military guy, you know, so that there's, you know, insert. And I've also reached out to him, but I haven't heard anything back. Insert this uh, this ex-military guy who worked for the government for years, hacking sites of, of the bad guys and taking them all down and pedophile rings. And I mean, the guy's like, you know, a Boy Scout, but he's a badass, too. And he was bullied as a kid. So he's got like kind of a life you know, vengeance thing going on and he's got a wife and kids and he's very wealthy because of the work he does. And, and he's a guy you just wouldn't want to mess with. I mean, not, not only because of what he can do in the computer, but what he would do to your face. Like if you met him, I think he would, I think he, I think he can hold his own pretty much. And so he gets involved in this. Um, and he kind of, and the only reason he was involved already was because Hunter Moore, he had other websites that he ran, This the, the military guy, and Hunter Moore had reached out to him and said, hey, would you like to advertise? So that's how they started talking. And then he found out what he did on this website, and he was appalled. And he was like, well, instead of telling him I'm appalled, you know what? I'm going to advertise as much as it's going to kill me just so I can get, on, get in with him. And he kind of lays the groundwork of – infiltrating the Hunter Moore people, the family, as they called it. And then he says to him, he's like, dude, you've got 
girls on here that are underage. I know this for a fact because I, I did my research and these girls are, you're going to get popped. This is child porn. He's like, sell me the website, get out now, or you're going to go to jail for a very long time. So he sold him. That's how he took it down. He sold him the website for $12,000. And I guess Hunter Moore was broke. That's the other thing. He wasn't making any money. You know, was he wasn't like some tech billionaire off of this site. He wasn't making shit. I mean, he made a couple dollars, but he wasn't wealthy by no stretch. And so uh, he buys the website and then redirects is anyone up.com to bullyville.com, which is his website, which is an anti-bullying website. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Nicely done. But it didn't stop there. Hunter Moore then said he's going to bring it back. He's out for blood. And now he's going to post uh, driving directions, addresses to all these girls' houses. And his followers are nuts. I mean, they're saying things online like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to rape you. I mean, like horrible, horrible things. And so that's when they're like, oh, shit, we got to do something. And then Anonymous gets involved. And you don't mess with Anonymous. They, they're, they're the real deal. They, they've, taken, they've taken down many of, many of websites, and that at their disposal, they can destroy a life. But they, they, they work for the good guys, for the most part, right? Right. They're, they're yeah. good. I, I, had a, <clears throat> I had an encounter with Anonymous in the mid-2000s, and it was pretty cool. I got to tell you, because this is when they were out to get uh, the Scientologies, the Scientologists. Remember that? Okay. Yeah. What did it, what did they where were they out to get them for? They they wanted to expose them for what they were, you know, and if you've ever researched Scientology, oh my god, some of the stories will absolutely blow you away. I know like what we hear like from the celebrities and then the ones that have um you know, gotten out of it and they're like, well, it said you just got to take it with a grain of salt. But if you actually research some of the the stories you know, the, the cat story, the, the murders and, and, and the disappearances and, and all kinds of stuff. It's spooky. And their headquarters is in St. Petersburg, Florida or Clearwater, Florida. Excuse me, Clearwater, Florida. So when I was doing radio in Tampa, it was a different type of radio. It was, you know, 1834 rock radio. You know, you, you a lot of shock value kind of stuff. Um and plus, I was I was new to the market, so I was just trying to get any attention as possible. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go after the Scientologists, and uh, I want to fuck with them. And so I ended up start. There was a news story, and I started a conversation, and I wouldn't let it go. And then they started contacting the radio station, and I was like, well, now I know you're paying attention to me, so I might get something out of this. All I was wanted was publicity. And then their PR person, this woman named Pat, came on the show. And she was actually really good because she didn't, other than to promote Scientology and and make people believe that it's a good thing, not a bad thing, and everything else is bullshit, you know, she was fantastic on the air. And people hated her because she was a Scientologist. Which was great because, I mean, she wasn't trying to do or be anything she's not. She was just being a Scientologist. I was like, this is what I wanted. I need, I have the antagonist on the, and I'm no longer the antagonist. She's the antagonist. I'm the protagonist. This is great. Well, then I start getting, Anonymous had already, like, waged war against them. And then I start getting emails from members of Anonymous. And when they would send me emails, they would send me the voice message. 
hello, we are anonymous. We are legion. We, you know, that thing with the computer voice, holy shit, that's spooky. You know, because you, you know, they're wearing the mask and the, the V from Vendetta, V for Vendetta. I mean, like, it, <laughs> it was fucking scary. And I was like, look, guys, I ain't messing with you. You know that, right? You're like, we understand. Buckethead, we are on your side. We hear your radio show and want to support you. We would also like a moment of Pat's time on your radio show. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. So I'm trying to set up this big thing with Anonymous to come on the air and talk robot voice with Pat, the PR person. I mean, like, I mean, that's a great radio bit. I mean, this damn thing was going on for weeks, right? It was like, must listen. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for me in Tampa, but it was <laughs> it was a good bit. But I had, I had a... Um, you know, a thing with Anonymous at one time. And, I mean, like, when they contact you, because they're all over, hence Anonymous. You don't know who's in Anonymous. You don't know. And they're all, every state, every city, they're, they're just hackers. And and you just don't know who they are. Um, but it was kind of freaky. So I would have been terrified. Like, that's what the, the guy said in, in, in the most hated man on the Internet, the military guy. He said, you know, once Anonymous, he's like, I have friends in Anonymous. That's what he said. He goes, and once they got involved, I was like, Hunter, you're done. This is a group you do not fuck with. He's like, you don't fuck with me, but you definitely don't fuck with them. For that guy to say that, you know, that scared the living daylights out of me. But the Hunter Moore guy just didn't, didn't run. He didn't go anywhere. Yeah, he doesn't. He just wants that notoriety. He, he wants to be somebody um, that's, like, important, I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know. His girlfriend is on there, or his ex-girlfriend. She looked like she took way too many drugs, you know. Then you have Butthole Girl, which, I mean, like a lot of these girls are, you know, they're, they're that girl, you know. They're, yeah. They're, you just, no, they're that girl. They're the party girl. They're going to do anything for attention, you know. And, and unfortunately now, the big, you know, if you look at different generations, in the early 2000s, pre, you know, heavy dose of social media, Everybody wanted to be a reality television star, right? Everybody. That's the, the, the early 2000s fame search is the equivalent to what it is today with the social media fame search. I mean, there are kids that are going to school, and you ask them what they want to be when they grow up, they tell you a social media influencer. What the fuck is that? I mean, they actually, they actually have classes now, I think that can train you in college to become a social media influencer. Like, oh, yeah, marketing. I'm sure. What's that? Like, like marketing class? No, I think it's called social media influencing. Like, it's an actual class. Just like I believe there was uh, something about reality television colleges offered. Uh, it's, it's, a tr- yeah. it's a trend. And, you know, people want to make it. Look, there are people that have made a living off reality television. You know, The Miz and the WWE. He, you know, has an actor and he's got his own television show and he's, uh, he does a million different things. He's got a beautiful family. He's, uh, been a world champion. He started on, um, road rules, right? Yeah. Road rules on MTV, yeah. you know, so we did. Uh, so I'm maybe. paying $5,000 for a social media class that college professor better have millions of followers <laughs> well, i don't think that's how it works i don't think you walk out of the cl- if you get an a in his class you don't automatically get a million followers on instagram i don't think that's how that works no no i'm just saying i would want someone saying like 
that guy's actually done it. Okay, he knows what he's talking about. Not Mr. Professor over here with 20 followers on Instagram. That, that tell you how to be an influencer. That that's that's the struggle with with social media because I you know everybody there are a lot of people that will say there's a right way to do social media, just like there are people that say that there there's a right way to do podcasting, and there are even people out there that say there's a right way to do radio. Well, I'm here to tell you, there is no right or wrong way. It, it, it there's a lot of just right place, right time, hitting the right nail at the right time situation. Uh, because, you know, what I might like, you might not like. And on social media, you know, you say, oh, well, this one, you do this, uh, this time, amount of times a day, and then somebody else does it the total opposite, but they've got 50 million followers. So, you know, I'm sure that The Rock does not follow a social media schedule of when he posts. You know, yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah, probably not. But I don't know. I mean, there's if somebody's running his his style, I mean, some some accounts I think some people are running it for them, but then they also can post their on their own or whatever. But I mean, there it, it is a skill now. It, it is a lot of luck and randomness, but there's also, you know, it, it's um it's almost like a money manager telling you market trends and the way things have gone in the past and times and you know times to buy and trade same thing with social media you know like i was messaging brandon the other night because i had like i was randomly i put that um the caveman video up on tiktok and it has like twenty four thousand views right yeah. now um so i asked brandon i was like hey it was like is it better to like let it ride and just um not water down my account with new posts or do i do new posts to like feed these new followers or whatever and he's like yeah i would probably post right away and then i did and it wasn't getting a lot of likes he's like posted at different times of the day to see what time is like trending and everything like that so there is a skill to it a little bit um so i can see how they have these classes with people maybe that know um what time to post what kind of hashtags to use what trends to follow and things like that so it is it's almost uh i mean you could be a professor in it now i guess it's crazy did you do a reel for that but that that video is way cool by the way when we talked about it i knew people are going to want to see it and then and i think you reposted it to to our site which is the the show site so that's cool but um it's freaky i mean that's a total viral video that you took uh, it, it, that's like one of those videos we would talk about and go nah, that's not real Nah, yeah. that's that's docked up and that's not this guy's full of shit <laughs> that's one of those videos yeah. did you well, monet, that, did you monetize it um what do you mean like you on reels you can monetize it or youtube you can monetize it i think don't you have to have a certain number of followers i thought you had to have like over ten thousand followers oh is that the case on reels for reels? oh i don't know I, I i don't really know how you make money off of instagram like that Oh, I signed up for monetization on my account, and I don't have over 10,000 followers. I have, like, around, I think, what, 8, 77, something like that? On Instagram or on Facebook? Instagram. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Settings? What's that? Was it in the settings somewhere you signed up? Would it just have a little, you want to make money? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. It actually asked me. It said, would you like to monetize your reels? It was like a, a pop-up on the bottom of my screen. And then you just go through, there's like two or three different steps, and then you put in your bank account information. And then some guy named Raul said he'd get back to me right away, and I haven't heard from him yet. <laughs> no, I, no, but they did. It was something that popped up in Instagram that said that. <laughs> because, because I think, you know, with their transition is they're put, trying to put TikTok out of business. 
You know, so everything that you could do on TikTok or you can do on TikTok, you can now do on Reels. But then Reels is obviously part of the Instagram family. That's why when you post on Reels, now it goes into your 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 main feed as well. They also have the invite collaborator, which is a really cool feature where if I post something on the show Instagram, uh, my personal Instagram has more followers, so I can invite myself as a collaborator and it will post in my feed uh, but the show will get the credit for it. Just kind of right. Neat. Yeah, that's kind of neat. So yeah, but um, yeah, it's funny because half the people like on TikTok are saying, "I, I can't believe uh, this isn't more viral or something." And then the other half are like, "This is a homeless guy. Why are you messing with him?" And then I say, "He's not homeless. He has a cave. He's living in it." <laughs> <laughs> You're not homeless if you got a roof over your head. Yeah. It's it's very odd when a when a video when something any of your content goes a little bit viral and you start getting an outside audience. Uh, I've always found it very entertaining, especially for what we do. And, you know, those that have been with us for a very long time know all the bits and the, the little isms and the stories and the, you know, I use the word prize and why I use it. You know, so like for those that are in the inner circle, no, and then when something goes viral and then somebody checks it out for the first time and all they really came to do was hate. Who the fuck is this guy? You're fucking pride. You know, and you're like, what are you talking about right now? And then those that are in the inner circle, the two peers are going, dude, you just got to the party. Shut the fuck up. You know, if you want to stay alone, I, I love that whole how that works. I always have loved how that works. You know, because like if you're new to the party and you see something, most people just want to be a dick on the internet. It would just be cool. Like, that's an awesome video. Be like, wait, cool, dude. Thanks for posting. You know, if you really have to make a comment. Yeah, people to. like just to be negative. I, I posted a couple years ago. We had a, uh, a crab feast. You know, the blue crabs at the house. And I posted the, the this is the proper, I said, this is the proper way to eat a blue, Maryland blue, blue crab taught to me by my uncle back in the day. There's... A million different ways did a blue crab. I know that. Okay. I was just doing my own video and I did it and I got, I think there was, it got up to, I don't know how many is that now, but it was at like 15, 18,000 or something before I knew it. And all these comments were like, this guy doesn't know shit about blue crabs. He's not from Maryland. He doesn't know fucking shit. He's down there in fucking Georgia. I just looked at his Instagram. That fucking shit, but that fucking dumb, dumb ass. And I'm like, dude, relax. It's it's okay. It's it's not the Bible. It's not gospel. You know, you eat your crabs the way you want to eat it. It's really not that important. For us to get into it on social media, it's not that big of a deal. Just relax. It's fine. It's going to be okay. Those are the best comments, though. Those are the ones that usually push your video to go on and on because they're pissed off about it. And then no, more people get pissed off. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I stopped even looking at the comments and, and, and whatnot, so I don't even know where it's at now. But Nate's video is way cool. If you haven't seen it yet, we were talking about that the other episode. Uh, I go, it's, uh, you were in uh, Cabo, right? Right. Yeah. You looked off yeah. in the distance and saw him. Yeah, there was, a, there was a caveman living in a cave up uh, up the mountain there. And it's weird because he doesn't act like a person. He does like the like the Sasquatch kind of thing. He's like puts his hand over his face and turns back into the cave and he's like scratching his, you know, hairy nuts and you can't really see him. And that's everybody's like, why is he always blurry? <laughs> it's like somebody was like, get a better camera. I'm like, he's on the top of a fucking mountain. I think it's pretty good. I zoomed in as far as I could. <laughs> Actually, I think it's perfect. You know, the, the footage is perfect. Everything about the footage is perfect. 
because it makes you question if it's real because you're zoomed in so tight from such a far distance that it, it you know, depreciates the quality a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then um, I, kn- I didn't really realize, and maybe that's why all these other videos suck too, is when you zoom in that far, if you move your phone a millimeter, it like, like jerks across the screen. So that's why it looks like it's like kind of bouncing around because I'm zoomed in so far. If I move a little bit, it's moving that zoom so quickly that's bouncing around. So I feel for these, uh, these uh, zoologists. Did you, did you, when watching that uh, most hated man on the internet, did you have compassion for the girls or was a part of you kind of like what I was saying going, I don't know if I believe your story. Yeah, well, the the first one, I didn't believe it at first, uh, but then I Googled her and like literally the, I think the second link came up was her, the nude photos that were posted. And so I saw them and- uh, They're still out there. They, oh yeah, yeah. It, like I said, it was like literally like the second link. Oh. Um, and they they looked like, I mean, she's a, she was an inspiring actress or an actress and you know, they're, they're usually the kind of artsy people and they're taking classes and you know, whatever she's. So it, it really did look like she was just taking a photo shoot by herself in her room. They're not like sexual. She's just posing in like, in like 20 different ways. And she's doing them with like a very nice camera and everything. So it looked like she was trying to do some kind of nude artsy photo shoot or something. But so that, and when I saw the photos, I was like, ah, okay, I do feel kind of bad for her. And maybe I believe her a little bit more. If she was like legs over her head, she's like spreading her butthole or something. Then I'd be like, all right, she obviously was sending this to somebody, but they're not very sexy. They're not, they're not great pictures. Well, not bad pictures, but I mean, they're not like, you know, ones you'd think they'd send to a boyfriend or something. But even if they were sending, you know, if you like, I guess some people think that if you take a picture and you send it to somebody you trust at that time, and then eventually that gets out, it's your fault because you let it out into the world. Yeah, I, there's some truth to that, I guess. But, you know, you, you, you're with that person at the time. You're trusting him. I mean, that's kind of what this anyone, what, uh, com was about. It was a um, it was revenge porn. You know, that, that's what it was. It was people getting back at their exes. And that was kind of the gimmick, at, I think, at the beginning or throughout the, the, the site. I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, if you take a picture in the privacy of your own home and you send it to somebody, one person and you're hacked uh, and it gets out there. That's not your fault. You know, we do a lot of things in, in private or one-on-one with our significant others that we have no expectations of it getting out. I will say things to my wife that's, you know, I mean, that's part of the trust in a relationship, right? I mean, that's why it takes so long to say and do certain things around people because you don't know if you can trust them. If my wife wanted to, she could destroy me, you know, with things that I've said to her about people or things that I know about people or things that I've seen that people have done if she wanted to and same me with her, but that's not how that works. I mean, we love each other. We're not going to do that. But when you're dating, that's why, you know, some of these girls, it's mainly women that are sending is like when you're flirting and that's what they're talking about in the early 2000s when the camera phones first started coming out. They're like, whoa, shit, I got a camera, I got a phone and a camera. What do I, of course I take a picture of my dick and send it. Well, why wouldn't you? You know, because it was such new technology. And, you know, as the gener- as the generations continue, the s- being open sexually becomes more and more and more. I mean, you know, which is fine. I, I got no problem with that. I mean, we're, I think we're, st- st- we've always been a little, you know, 
little close to the vest, you know, a little stuffy when it comes to sexuality and, and, and whatnot. But you don't send the nudes out, right? As a, as a young woman, you don't send the nudes out um, because if you don't trust, the, you know, if you're not, you don't send them out to your 16-year-old boyfriend. You don't send them out to your 18-year-old boyfriend. Yeah, and and of, of course they don't. Nobody deserves that stuff to be put out there. But also with other things, when you're younger, when you get in trouble, you kind of have to bite the bullet on a lot of things. It, like let's say you're with a, a buddy and he has you know in his car in, in high school and he has weed on him or he's drinking or something, and you get busted with him. It's technically not your fault. Like you know, if he had something on him and you get the the charge as well, but your parents are going to say, "Hey, this is a learning lesson. You should you should know this is a lesson to know who you're around and what you're doing, and you you kind of have to take a little bit of personal responsibility for it, even though you didn't technically do someone something wrong. You gotta have, you gotta judge the people that you're with and you're hanging out with, and so I think it's kind of the same thing where it's like, yeah, of course that it should not be out there, but you got to be a little more careful about what you're putting out there. It's, it's a little bit of personal responsibility, but more that it shouldn't be used as, as revenge. Do you still have any nudes of girls from back in the day? Oh, uh, probably. I mean, I mean, at the time as you'd probably burn it on CDs. So <laughs> if I have any old burnt CDs, maybe <laughs> I, I've, I've, I found some old CDs of pictures from when uh, I used to do female mud wrestling Oh yeah. I mean that was just a big Brandon would have loved that gig. It it was it was it was a it was a mainstay in Central Florida for years. It was it was a thing. It was a part you went to the Cactus Jack ones, right? CJ's? No, I've never even heard of Cactus Jacks. Was that what was CJ, that? Uh right, Cactus Jack. What? In 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 what? uh Castleberry. Oh no. No, oh. I don't know. Did it turn into something else or yeah, weeds. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't know if it turned into a different bar or club or whatever. No. Well, last time I, I was back in Orlando, which wasn't that long ago, maybe a year ago or something, we drove by. I was like, oh, my God, that's where CJ's was. And my buddy owned it. And, and so here, here's the story, Brandon. The, um, years and years ago, like, I've always had a great relationship with the WWE. And they, during their Attitude Era – they would do, you know, some pretty risque things. Um, and so they had like a, you know, a mud wrestling type of, it was something mud wrestling. Anyway, I was like, okay, well, I got to give away tickets for this upcoming WWE event. I'm going to do a mud wrestling night. Um, and so I did the first one at this bar that does, well, the bar is there, but the name of the bar has changed. And it was, um, God, I can't. We would throw anything goes parties. Nate, help me out here. It's now Ember, I think, but it was an Irish bar. Can't believe I can't remember this. Um, Ember was always Ember when I lived there. Right. Um, well, it was an Irish. Was it like Patty O'Brien's? Is that what you're talking about? I'm sure it was oh something. Um, but it, <laughs> anyway, it, it had a large out out outdoor area. And we would have parties there, like from the through the radio stage, like out there. It's like, hey, it's Buckethead talking about that. Were nuts. I mean, one girl, one time in particular, we had an anything. It's called Anything Goes. You pay ten dollars at the door and drink for free. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Dan. There was no cutoff. It was like just stay. It was nuts. And we would do. We would have. We had this look like a prison mattress. And we would bring it up on stage and we would line girls up 
to get on the mattress and do whatever they wanted to do in order to impress the crowd. If you impress the crowd, you got a prize. Pretty simple. Yeah. Well, up on stage also was a picnic table. And this girl jumps up on stage. She whispers some dirty stuff into my ear uh, that she wanted to do with me. And she points over to a table where her, I think, brother was at. And he's like, yeah, it's all true, man. She loves you or something like that. I'm like, okay, this is getting weird. And at those, in those days, I, I drank when I was doing my gigs, which was never a good idea. And uh, so she goes, I, I said, all right, well, what are you going to do to impress the crowd? She goes, I'm not here to impress the crowd. I'm here to impress you. And I go, ooh, you know, so now the crowd's like, ooh. And I mean, this place is packed. There's probably like three, 400 people in this bar outside, just, you know, asses to elbows. And she goes, I don't need the bed. I need you to get off the picnic table. I was sitting on the picnic table. And I said, okay. The owner, one of the owners of the bar, this guy Leonard, was behind the stage. It's very important, this story. Behind the stage on the ground. So there's a couple feet, you know, up to where I was at. And he was watching from that side of things. And I'm kind of catching eyes with him. And he's just like, whoa, you know, these Irish guys. Like, I, I, I. And so she undresses, takes off all of her clothes, all of her clothes. She sits on the picnic table. She wraps her legs around her head. Okay. She asks for a vegetable because we had stuff props and she goes vegetable please and i said leonard and it was like it was shot up out of a cannon and it just landed in my hand a cucumber (laughs) and i give her the cucumber she inserts the cucumber and then she asks me to spin her and i spin her i'll never forget this like it's i would love to know what she's doing now and i spin this naked girl with her legs wrapped around the back of her head with a half a cucumber sticking out of her like a penis, and I'm spinning her at a bar in downtown Orlando. I'm like, you've made it. This is the pinnacle (laughs) of your life right now. (laughs) And then afterwards, she's like, did that impress you? You want to come home with me or something like that? I go, I got to tell you, I've never seen that. I probably never will see that. But you scare me. <laughs> yeah. I, go, I can't do it. I go, yeah, you get home and she ties you up and she's like, your turn. Get the cucumber. <laughs> you remember this bad boy? You know? Uh, so, uh, so, oh, anyway, so back to the, the female mud wrestling thing. So we did, this is the place that we did it at. And my dumbass, our dumbass, is we used real mud the first time, <laughs> which is you never <laughs> use real mud in female mud wrestling. So it was a bad idea, but we had a great turnout, and in the and and during the time the girls took their clothes off, you know, like they weren't supposed to. They we didn't ask them to, but they did. And I was like, well, you know, and, and it started to catch on, and people were like, when are you doing another one? When are you doing another one? So I lined up another one, and we did pudding, smart, and it was even raunchier and better. And people, it started, the word started to get out, you know, Buckethead's doing this with WJRR, he's doing this female mud wrestling, you know, I start calling it FMW, like making it a thing. And, and I started becoming, cause I was my own webmaster at the time. And I started to, to, on the, on my website, I was started to really focus on this kind of stuff. And then something happened 
where our the competing rock station in town went to the bar that I had a good relationship with, that where I was doing it in downtown Orlando, and they stole my idea for, oh, because, uh, so a television station, local television, CW, they had a reality show, and, and the people would go out on dates or something. They loved my idea, so they wanted to do, they wanted me to do the idea for their television. Like to, they wanted to bring the people that were on a date to, to the bar and have me hosting the female mud wrestling. Cause I worked with the C, CW a lot. And before that, the WB and I was like, uh, we, some, for some reason we couldn't do it. So I found out that I was never, I had to find out on my own that they got a competing, the competing rock station to do my bit. And I was pissed. I was furious. So I was like, fuck you. And I took it to another place, another bar. And that's when it got, I mean, there's video that somewhere in the world of those nights, because we were, were filming this, these girls were, I mean, crazy. I, and the thing that killed it was um, a, a girl's tampon came out one night. And <laughs> yeah, and we had gross. to, yeah, and we we're like, and the girls were like, I don't think I want to go back. I was like, yeah, I don't blame you. So we had to kill yeah. it. I was like, it's kind of gross. But we used to do, like, not only would they wrestle, you know, and there was cash involved. There's a cash prize. So, I mean, this is the day and age of the wet T-shirt contest and stuff like that. But I, 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 I came up with this uh, bit for female mud wrestling called Diving for Dollars. And I would get two girls in each corner. I'd get a girl in each corner, and she would, you know, spread her legs, and people would throw money into the ring, and they would shove it in their crotch, and the other girl could dive and as much money as she could put in her mouth without using her hand, she could keep. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that was the thing. Anyway, talking about going through some old pictures, I found some old female mud wrestling pictures the other day. Uh, really? <laughs> that, that's the short version of the story. <laughs> well, you know, and remember the bar scene? There was always, like, the photographer from, you know, what, like, the entertainment portion of uh, the newspaper or whatever. And they'd put pictures Mike up Montez. from... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you get up, like, Saturday or Sunday morning, you get on there and be like, oh, did it me and my friends make the website? Um, but there's always, like, an album from the wet t-shirt night at, you know, whatever bar. Um, and so a lot of those those photos are out there and people probably don't realize it. So I guess, you know, if, you, if you're standing up at a, in a bar, you know, wet t-shirt or topless or whatever, and there's a bunch of people around. You kind of have to assume your boobies are out there. Yeah, they're going to be there um, yeah. forever. But then you weren't thinking of the digital footprint that you were leaving, right? Now, now you have to think that way, and that and that's what's crazy and scary. I'm I'm guessing that ding I just heard in my ears. You're sending me the nudes of this girl. Yeah, yeah. See, I think we're just as bad as the people that were on the site. If we're going to look at them. But yeah, this is, probably this is for research purposes, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'm. I was saying basically just saying like it doesn't look like super sexual. It, it just looks like she's taking them as a you know an artsy kind of photo thing. Okay, I'm looking at a video of uh, that's just an advertisement. Don't click on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just mean it'll just give you a pop up and you'll go somewhere else. I was just a, I just see a penis and a butt. Uh, is, is this her in the pink? Yeah. Uh, pretty girl. Yeah. Um, she has like, you know, close-ups of her face. She's doing like portraits and. I didn't think 
I th- I didn't think they were like this. I thought, I mean, these are, I don't want to say worse. I mean, it, they're great. They're nice. But I, I thought they were just like a quick booby pick. I didn't realize they were full, you know, full on numerous nudes. Um, oh, I see. I thought they were worse because they, they made it sound like, um, I don't know, she like, like I said, or we said that we thought she was maybe not being honest and she was taking them for somebody specific and she had sent them to him or whatever. But these, these just look like she just was saving them in her drafts or whatever, I guess. You should take one of those pictures and like put her real estate information on there and send it to her and be like, dude, you should make this a billboard. You get, <laughs> you, you, you get a lot. Yeah, then, then I'm uh, sitting there with charges with Hunter Moore right next to him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got your pictures. You should. Do you mind if I take these? Uh, there's the. Is this her husband? This dude that looks like. Uh, yeah. Um. Or I mean, assume it's her husband. Yeah. The, Matt Dillon from uh, something about Mary. Matt? Yeah. Wow. Wonder how that conversation went. You on the internet at all? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like that uh, that mutual friend we have that was on. Dr. Phil or whatever, and used to do porn and everything. That's what I was wondering when I see her. She seems very happy with her husband, and I assume you have to have that conversation at some point, whether you were a victim of this site or just in porn previously. Like, you, you kind of have to have that conversation, right, so it doesn't come up and take them off guard. Yeah, and then as a guy, would you be okay with it? I, uh, there's another – I think about this with another friend of mine who never did anything risque. I mean, the girl that Nate's talking about did some – pretty hardcore porn which like blew us all away because she was such a sweet innocent girl when we knew her and then i don't know how she was turned out like that but uh my friend that was a playboy playmate of the year Mm -hmm. and um you know when she left she i was her first radio interview and you know, helped media train this girl when she was just trying to get into Max Magazine, and which wasn't even her idea. It was her friend's idea at the bar. And, you know, we became friends because of that. And, um, you know, and and then next thing I know, she's in Playboy, and then she's Playmate of the Year, and she's on TV with Hugh Hefner, and, and it was the thing. And then she's on Big Brother, and but she, you know, she never did anything. That she, when she was in L.A., I mean, I'm sure she's got plenty of stories of regrets. You know, that's why she moved back to Orlando. But she's married now to who looks like a very nice guy. They have a beautiful child, and you're like, now. There was a really, really cool video of your wife that she did for Playboy where she's dancing naked outside this guy's door. It was awesome. I'm like, you okay with that? Yeah, but you got to be okay. What's in the past is in the past. You know, I think we're going to have to definitely be more accepting moving forward of the skeletons in people's closets. That term is going to have to, to be tweaked a little bit as far as the definition, as far as how you handle it. Because presidents to come, politicians to come, those skeletons, they won't be able to hide anymore. You know, before, all they had to do was deny it. And it was their word against yours. Whoever has the deeper pockets and more power is going to win that argument, that conversation. But if you've got digital proof in which everybody will... You're you're gonna have to be like, all right, the next president of the United States, uh, this is gonna be our third female president of the United States. And you know, when she was twenty years old, she did some nudes, you know, it's cool, well, you know, whatever. It's going to happen. Eventually it will happen. There's oh, yeah. there's no getting around it. We will have a 
a, a, a politician, a person in power, whether it's president, a governor, a mayor, a congressman, a representative, a senator, whatever the case may be, that will openly say, hey, look, yeah, I sent some dick pics back in the day, you know, when I was a kid, so be it. You know, it's the equivalent of when George W. Bush was uh, running and they were like, you drank a lot in college. No, I did not. Hello, my name is Ronald, and I was a fraternity brother of Georgie. And I will tell you right now, he drank all my old fashions. All of them, all of them, all of them. He's a big <laughs> drinker. You know, and like that was supposed to be the tactic from uh, would have been Gore's people, right? Going, you don't want this guy in office. He's a drinker. Fuck you. You're a drinker, too. You know, everybody's got skeletons in their closet. And if they say they don't, they're lying, 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 lying. Liars. Yeah. Well, and it's already happening like that. Um, that Madison Cawthorn, the that U.S. representative uh, from North Carolina, not a fan of him, but I, he kind of he got some heat because he a bunch of kind of scandally things came out, and one of them was a video of him. I don't know when it was, but it looked like he was like with his buddy uh, at a hotel room, and you know, guys, and they're messing around, and he he jumped on his buddy and like acted like he was humping him or whatever, which you know is ridiculous, but it it really hurt him in his run for reelection. I think he lost, but. I think he came out and said something along those lines, like, because this guy's 27. He's like the third youngest um, representative ever. And he kind of said, like, hey, listen, like, I'm from this generation. This is something we're going to have to accept because there's he was born in 1995. So he's going to have dumbass videos of himself mm-hmm. doing stupid shit. And that you're right. That is something we're going to have to accept and understand that there's going to be things out there from a time when you didn't know better because you were 15 or you, you know, doing something dumb when you were 12. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's why I can never run for office as much as I want to be mayor of Roswell, Georgia. I just don't think I'm going to win. I know my competition would find that, and there's only one, maybe two, there might be a copy that exists of 1995 University of Central Florida homecoming. I was a pledge of Sigma Chi fraternity, and we were doing it with Zeta, and they were at our house. Uh, we're having a party for homecoming week, and me and a bunch of guys decided that, hey, you know what? We're going to entertain the crowd. So we got up on the roof and we performed the village people in our underwear. <laughs> and I was the uh, guy in all black because I had black underwear on. <laughs> and I found a, I found like a biker hat or something and I'm out there and we're doing it. <laughs> but I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not a big deal, but it's still, it's a little like, right. Hello, I'd like to be your mayor. Well, sir, we've got video of you in your underwear when you were 21 years old dancing on top of a fraternity house. How can we trust you with our with our city <laughs> when you're this stupid? That's a good point. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I don't quite have an answer right now. <laughs> well, then, uh, yeah, and I can see another video of the, the Fantastic Four one. I can just see the oh, commercial yeah. against you, and it'll be like, is Jason Bailey a racist? <laughs> so your brother's black and you're white. What's the deal with that? Don't vote Jason Bailey January 7th. <laughs> like, that's totally how it would go. They'd pull it out. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, I wouldn't even want to deal with that headache. That's why I don't know why people want to become politicians. It's just no. like, like I, I do believe that there are, there are a good group of, of individuals that they want to do good. They want to, they want right. to help their fellow mankind and, 
They want to save the world, and they are hell-bent on their ways, uh, whether you agree with them or not, and, 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 that, and, they, and they, they, they want other people to, to hear what they have to say. I, I think there's, there, there are good politicians that, that mean well. The old, and, and it might be the new guard, believe it or not, that is that, because I think the old guard got away with too much shit where they felt like they were above the law. This is both sides, people, where they wanted, they did what they wanted to do because nobody could stop them, nor would they even try to stop them. Um, you know, most things don't get better as we move forward. I think that good old boy network attitude will change for the better as we move forward. I don't think the younger generation is so much into that as the older generation is. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I hope not. The only, I just feel like when, the good politicians that get in, they, they have good intentions, and then they get there and they realize the machine that they've become a part of, and they're like, oh, I really can't change anything here. It's you got to do a lot of, you know— you know, glad handing and, you know, backdoor, backdoor deals and stuff like you talk about. And I think that it just discourages a lot of people that want to make a change and they just get there and they're like, shit, I really, you know, that's why a lot of presidents make promises. And then I think they get into office and they're like, Oh fuck, I don't have, you know, people on my side or working with me or control to be able to make these things happen. And I think they just get discouraged and they become part of it. Whoever has the most money when they campaign owes a lot more people. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. you're starting to see a lot of these election results right now across the states, and uh, and and one in particular somewhere, I think, in the Midwest, and it was like, yeah, you know, this person out of the blue, you know, but they in the last couple of weeks had millions and millions of dollars backed by you know this these people. I'm like, nobody nobody gives you money because they believe in you. People give you money because they want a favor. (laughs) Like if you actually believe that people, you know, now when you do a GoFundMe, you know, nobody's asking for anything back, but they're doing that out of the goodness of their heart, which is nice. But when you give money to a politician, you're doing it large amounts of money. I'm not talking about $50. I'm not talking about grandmother's $20. I'm talking about like $50 million. They're going to need you at some point. They're going to say, Hey, I need a favor. And if you want to be reelected, you probably should do this for us. You, you find a way to, 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 to spin it to your people. That's not my responsibility. But anyway, all right, back to uh, the, 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 the show. Go watch it. It's, it's really good. Uh, also, um, the Shania Twain uh, doc is really good. I learned oh, yeah. so much about Shania Twain. And I cannot, for the last couple of days, stop in my head singing, Man, I feel like a woman. Can't stop saying it. Can't stop singing it. I didn't realize Shania Twain is one of the most, she sold the most albums out of just about any artist. She had three diamond albums back to back to back. And then she had a fourth one later on in life. And she took a hiatus because she got Lyme disease. Oh, I didn't know that. And she lost her, like she couldn't sing. Her voice changed. I had no idea. You know, Avril Lavigne had Lyme disease. I didn't know what it did to you. My, my mother-in-law has Lyme disease. And and, and it, 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 it's debilitating to your body. But Shania Twain, uh, like her story is remarkable. It really, really is a good story. You know, good old Canadian girl. Mom pushes her to be a singer. 
She's, you know, at the age of nine or 10 going to bars, you know, her mom's taking her to bars to sing. And the next thing you know, she's here, she's here, she's here, she's making it, she's going. And then boom, tragic car accident kills the parents. And then uh, she powers through that and she's, you know, she's taking care of her brothers and sisters and she's singing in a show. And, but I mean, like, and then she meets Mutt Lang and then that's when her, 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 her career skyrocketed, even though her first album was good. It did nothing, nowhere near what her second, third and fourth album did. And then she gets Lyme disease and then Mutt uh, leaves her for her friend. Like who leaves Shania Twain? Like, I mean, I, I know you're Mutt Lang and that's cool and all, but who the fuck leaves your, who, who leaves one, your wife who's got Lyme disease, but two, who, who cheats on Shania Twain? Shania Twain's gorgeous and sweet and innocent and nice. You know, you're a dick. You don't cheat on Shania Twain. That should be a t-shirt. You don't cheat. You don't tug on Superman's coat and you don't, or cape and you don't cheat on Shania Twain. You just yeah. don't, things you don't do in life, right? So, I don't know. I was very angry about that. I didn't realize that's how that went down. And she still, you know, she was like, and then Lionel Richie reaches out to her to do Endless Love on this album he was doing. And she turned him down and turned him down and finally did it. And it was like, huh, liberating. And then she puts out another album, which I didn't, I wasn't familiar with the songs. But as I was listening to him, I was like, these songs are really, really good songs you know she's just got a way of and she's a songwriter she's she writes all of her own stuff so i don't know if you're a shania twain fan you'll really enjoy it i like shania twain all right nate yeah, uh, me too. uh let's uh mexico moment the situation please right all right and now a mexico moment with nate yeah good Mexico Moment with Nate, sponsored by Furry Family Comfort Care. Stephanie is a registered veterinary technician certified in hospice and palliative care for dogs and cats. With over 20 years experience, mobile and virtual assessments, things like do you do I need to take my dog or a cat to the vet for this? You can get a personal nurse for your fur baby that can collaborate with your vet just to ensure the best care for your pet. And now I mentioned the BS for 50% off your first appointment, whether it be a consultation about your pet's health, hospice consult called laser therapy, or 50% off one night for your dog or cat at the Furry Family Comfort Care Resort. You can find Furry Family Comfort at furryfamilycc.com. That's furryfamilycc.com. Oh, there you go. All right. What you got? Um, so this one happened uh, when we were in Cabo. Um, I know last week I told you guys about the uh, the Bigfoot caveman that I saw. Yeah. And um, this, uh, this one in Cabo happened when we... So you've probably seen like the famous views of... Uh, it's called the Land's End. And it's uh, so Cabo is at the very tip of the Baja Peninsula in Mexico, <clears throat> excuse me, below uh, California. So it's this really cool area where it's the beach meets the ocean, basically. So there's these huge rock formations and uh, it's a great place to go scuba diving and snorkeling and stuff. But there's this the the famous arch is there. And so you've probably seen it. It's like a hole in the I mean, not a hole, but it's an arch in the rock and you can see through. And um, one side is the Sea of Cortez and the other side is the Pacific Ocean. Um, so they call it Land's End because it's like the it's the if you were to go straight south, you'd hit. Antarctica like there there ain't nothing else because you're you're over far enough to miss all of South America and everything wasn't that, that the name uh, Google photo like they have on Google home screens is that the photo yeah, yeah oh, that's okay, it cool well, wasn't that the name of a Pirates of the Caribbean Land's End 
Uh, um, maybe, yeah. What is uh? Let's see, Pirates of the. There was a, there was one that had the word end in it. I know it did. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean were all filmed in the uh, the Bahamas. They actually, if you go out and do an excursion, they'll always take you by you know where the island is, where Johnny Depp in the tree, you know the one palm tree, and oh yeah, you know, you know, every um, year oh. we go snorkeling right outside of that. Oh, it's called At World's End. Yeah, I knew there was an end in there, though. Okay, yeah, sorry. Wrong, I thought the same wrong, thing. Strong continent. Or, yeah, whatever. So, um, so in this area, you can do uh, a bunch of different things. Um, it's very popular to hire a water. It's called a water taxi, and it's just like a little little boat, and they, they take you over to um, kind of go through the rocks, and so you can take a picture with uh, the arch behind you. Um, but also over at, right before the arch in the, the rocky area at the end, in between these two mountains, there's uh, a beach. And one side is on um, the Sea of Cortez side, and it's a little bit more calm, and that beach is called Lover's Beach. Mm-hmm. And then if you walk over the hump to the opposite side, to um to the Pacific Ocean side, that beach is called Divorce Beach, Ooh. and you don't want to go to Divorce Beach. No, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. And it's it's kind of raw. I mean, it's more um, it, it's just rougher. The water's rougher. You typically don't want to swim there, um, because I guess the the current from the Pacific side can just just take you out into the ocean. Yeah. Um. So, so we hired a water taxi, or we did like a tour actually. Kind of this guy took us around, told us a little bit of information about the area. And then what they do is they drop you off at the beach and they then the next tour will pick you up. So you got like an hour or you can stay a couple hours if you want. So Alexis and I get dropped off at the beach and it's just us and this other Asian family from California. And so they go off and do do their own thing. And then Alexis and I are um, just kind of exploring. There's some caves in there. There's like there's one cave that doesn't go back very far. And then there's another one he was telling us about that. I guess you could like almost walk to the other side. So we go in the one cave and uh, I brought a joint with, so Alexis and I are smoke a joint in this cave. And I was like, when you get to smoke a joint in a fucking cave. Uh, very true. <laughs> so, very true statement. That's very cool. Yeah. So we did that. And when we're sitting in there, I look over and I see this little, uh, it looked like a ping pong ball that had like dents in it and everything. I was like, oh, is that, what the fuck is a ping pong do- ball doing in a cave on this like little peninsula over here? And she's like, I don't know. I was like, touch it. She's like, I don't want to touch it. I was like, just touch it. So she touches it and it's all gooey. And it turns out it was a turtle egg oh. that it had. Yeah, it had hatched already. So it was just the turtle egg shell, but it was all gooey because it just hatched, I guess. I thought you were going to say uh, it was like spiders and she poked it and the spiders <laughs> ran everywhere. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but um, so then we find that cave and we're looking for the other cave and we can't find it. And um, and so we're kind of like walking all over and then we run into the Asian family and we're asking them where if they found the cave. And they're like, oh, yeah, like you can't just go to the cave that you have to go around this kind of rock point um, and it's all beach. But the water is like coming in real quick, like it, boo, just like a big wave will come in. And then um, you got to it's like uh, it's like uh, the rock where they have to time it just right mm-hmm. to, to roll through the, the fire when they're in the, the basement of it. So it was like that. You got to wait till the wave goes out and then run across the beach and get around this curve um, to get up to the cave before the water comes in and it'll, it could just pull you out. So I'm doing it and uh, Alexis is filming me and the water rushes out and I run, I just sprint and I get over there. And so I'm like right around the curve and I, I peek my head over the rocks and I was like, like, you know, it's good. It's good. So she's coming and the wave goes out and she's running, but she has like, she has her flip-flops on still and she has a backpack and she's holding my phone in her hand. Um, 
and she's coming and I see the way she thinks she has enough time, but she, for some reason it was come this wave was coming in quicker and she just, she's trying, I go, come on, the wave's coming. Come on. Come on. And, I, and I probably freaked her out by like me getting freaked out. And I was like, come on, come on, come on. And she tries to go faster, puts her foot in the sand and she slips and she falls down and the wave comes over her head and she holds my phone directly in the air, like straight up in the air. So my phone doesn't get wet, but I just see her arm sticking out of this wave. And then the, the wave goes out and it's pulling her back out. And so she's like trying to stand up and I'm trying, and she hands me my phone. I'm holding a phone with one hand. I'm trying to grab her with the other. And I'm like fighting the fucking ocean. It's pulling her back out. And so I'm grabbing her around her waist, her fucking whole top comes off her boobies are out and i grab around her and i'm i'm hanging on to her by her left hit and just holding it and I, we're just standing there and i just put my feet in the sand and i'm just holding her trying not to get my wife swallowed by the fucking ocean and uh and eventually we wait till the wave goes out i pull her in and she's completely soaked her whole bag was wet all of our phone i mean my phone was fine but her phone uh wallet everything was just covered in water and sand and she was just like she had this like wet dog scared look like she just almost died which she almost did um so it was stressful it, it, it's not a pretty sight to watch somebody drown take it from somebody that just recently saw that happen it's very 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 scary but yeah i'm glad your phone was safe that, that's that's part of the story i picked up on it was like your first thing was like i grabbed my phone then i grabbed my wife boom <laughs> well she she had her hands with my or she had one hand with my phone in it so i was trying to get it out so she could help herself get up and then i was like oh wait she cannot help herself she's falling down in the sand over and over again oh man so and, I, and then i in that split second i'm like do i throw my phone and grab her or do i just sit here and hold her until the wave goes away um so yeah, i sat there and held her but yeah it was scary and then after the tour when we get back to the dock um, the, the boat captain comes over to me and goes, Hey, I saw you almost lost your wife. <laughs> like he saw the whole thing. <laughs> thanks for thanks for the help cap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dick. Uh, I'm sure you said this, but I missed it. What, what was she doing in the water there? She's taking pictures. No, she was. I had already ran around the point to get to the cave, uh, and she was running around. When oh, the, that's the wave. she didn't time it out, and the water came in. Gotcha. Yeah, just like this wave, wave it came in quicker. So I was like, "Come on, come on, come on!" And then she just went over and took her down. Yeah, gotcha. Well, glad glad she didn't drown. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you and I both don't have stories of people drowning in our life. We'd be like, Brandon, if you want to stay on the show, dude, you better get Deaf August to drown like next week. <laughs> Not, yeah. go to Lanier go to Lanier have him drown that's a good story all right that's Nate's Mexico moment all right let's talk to our guests shall we hold up wait a minute let's hear from our sponsors Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, the usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. I'm so happy that so many of you enjoy 
Nuberty's Men's Wellness League's uh, practitioner, Diane Spiva, when she comes on the podcast. I think it's great. You know, I've been going to Nuberty's Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs, Georgia, for well over a year with testosterone maintenance. But they do so much more than that. With a weight loss program, sexual health, pain and joint management, Nuberty's Men's Wellness League is a men's wellness facility for guys and guys only. Guys, as you get older, your body starts to break down. There are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control. Just pop into Nuberty's Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs or go online to menswellnessleague.com and schedule a phone call just to see where you're at. It could possibly save your life. That's a true story actually happened to a listener, right? So right now, the Wellness Combine, get it for 99 bucks. That's $200 off the regular pl- uh, price. Plus, mention the BS Podcast and get 10% off that price. But you got to mention the BS Podcast. Go to menswellnessleague.com. Hit that schedule button. Son of a bitch. I just called to say you should subscribe to The Bailey Show, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. Very excited to speak to my next guest. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk Karate Kid and, and, and all the great movies yeah. like Wildcats and one that's oh, yeah. totally left off your resume, which is the best of times. But uh, Robin Lively has a feature family film, which I'm all in on, which hits real close to home for me, called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. And it will be on the streaming service Pure Flix. Uh, it is on mm-hmm. there actually right now. So, and it's based yeah, off of the best selling sure. book by uh, Dr. Meg Meeker. And, and, and the Pure Fit Flick streaming, Robin, is is a faith-based streaming service with family-friendly mm-hmm. entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. It is, yes. Yeah. That's I do feel like this one is, um, this is, this film, though, is so, ma- it's very mainstream. And I don't mean to, like, sound mean or anything, but, like, I find that, and I've heard, because I've heard this, that also, like, a lot of the, the faith-based films are super corny. This one is not. This one is so good. Yeah. I, I, so I've seen the trailer and uh, the guy that, yeah. who's this guy that plays your husband in this movie? I mean, who, where did this guy, I mean, <laughs> where did they find this character? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is my real life husband, Bart Johnson. Is that, is that awkward? Is that weird to, to play husband and wife on camera? And then also, no, home? no. No, not at all. It was like, whoa, we've been prepping 23 years for these roles. This is so much fun. No, it was actually very seamless. It was, uh, you know, we've actually worked together a few times, but only in like we will have a line here or a line there to each other, but we've never played a couple. So this was a great experience for us. And it's like, you know, I, I often say you get on set and you're meeting someone for the first time and it's like, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm playing your, I'm playing your wife. Uh, and you're like, you're having to manufacture all, manufacture all of these emotions and history together. And with Bard, it was just like, well, we just come with it all, you know? So it was really pretty cool. Yeah, I, I asked Peter Herman that one time, the husband of uh, Mariska Hargate, uh, and, you know, I'm a big mm-hmm. Law & Order fan, and he came on to promote something. And I guess he was doing the interview in in the bedroom. And I think he was still in bed. It sounded like he was still in bed. 
and <laughs> if she was next to him and, and, you know, I didn't want to be rude and be like, Hey, put on your wife, but it was kind of cool. But I asked them the same question, you know, cause they're both, they both do SVU and I was, you know, not every day. Look, I, I've been married for, for over 10 years now, and, and I'm a stepdad to two uh-huh. fantastic kids, which is why I started Love out that. this conversation with, you know, this kind of hits home because my daughter is going into her senior year. But I don't know if I could mm-hmm. act with my wife on, on camera. I, I think I'd be too critical of her, probably. <laughs> I don't know. We've been doing this for so long. Like now with, you know, since COVID, we, we do so many self tapes and we're always putting each other on, on camera for things. And like, we'll give each other notes. We direct each other. We don't have any issues at all with that. So, um, I don't know, I guess maybe because we've been doing it for so long and my husband ended up the, the reason, the way that I met him was through my father who they did, my husband did his first film with my dad called Me Familia. And um, so it was like immediately, you know, that's how he's brought into the family is through film. So it's been, it's a really cool story and you don't have time to hear it, but it is a really good one. No, that's where you're wrong, Robin. I have all the time in the world and I was actually going to ask you how you, how you met because you know, you, it's no secret that you come from a very famous, talented uh, family mm-hmm. and I would be intimidated to walk into that family, especially <laughs> being an actor, you know? <laughs> uh, right. Well, and thank you for that. That's really kind of you to say, um, you know, I, this has been for me, like I've, I've done this my whole life, you know, ever since I was three years old, it's like all I've ever known. Um, and my dad, I, I've worked with so many members of my family. It's been so great. And, um, and like I said, I've worked with my husband, but to be able to have the opportunity to work as a couple was so great. And it just feels so second nature, you know, and my dad took to bar immediately, like he came home to my mom, unbeknownst to me. And he was like, well, I just met my future son-in-law and sure enough like uh two three years later it, it was uh absolutely true did, did it hit home for more your husband than you obviously because this uh this film is strong fathers strong daughters you you guys have a daughter kate and and, and I, yeah. I, I i was watching the trailer and you know like I said, my daughter's going into her senior year. She's 17 going on 32. Yeah. And she's a of gr- great kid. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better in a, in a, in a, in a child, been a daughter nonetheless. Um, but yeah. it scares the living daylights out of me when she turns 18 and goes off to cause she originally wanted to go to LA. Oh. And I said, hold on. Uh, I'm going to have to find a job out there because I have to be, my, my, my rule is I have to be within a four hour drive to you at all times. That's my rule. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I just can hear your bond and your relationship with your daughter and how important that is. And I, and I think that's the message that this film is, is trying to put out there, how crucial the role of the father is to the daughter in their development and who they are. And, um, I I'm with you. Like I can't, we, I can't imagine, you know, we, we went through the, the, our son, our oldest son, going to college and leaving the nest. And it was like, ah, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Cause it's, it's right around the corner for our daughter. And 
part is like, you know what? She's not allowed to get any older than 17. That's it. <laughs> she's done. She's not getting any older. I'm like, right? Like, how do we, how do we stop this? How do we, how do we keep this from going on? It's so hard. The, the, the cap on the age in my house was 10. But I, you know, totally mm, screwed that mm. one up. You know, I've been trying to shrink her back like down that, to, yeah. to ten. You know, and, and yeah. you, I guess, just like me and my wife, will the empty nester syndrome. You know, occasionally, yeah. you know, Ariel will be out of the house, and you know, the only footsteps are the ones from our dogs. It's no. it's, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of oh. weird, right? Oh, it's good. Well, well, I don't know about you, but like we had the boomerang effect with our son, our 19 year old. He left the nest. He came right back. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not complaining either. I'm, I love every second of it. So are you, your entire family, you know, I'm in Atlanta, I'm in Roswell. Um, y'all, are, uh, y'all are Powder Springs Georgians, right? Yes, yeah. yes. I was gonna say, oh, my hometown. I love it. Right. And do you get back yeah. much, or or, or what? Oh yes, I absolutely do. Um, if it's not for work, I'm going. You know, because they're filming so much there now, right. which is so great. So I get to go work there, and then I get to visit a ton of my family. So I'm, I'm I go back quite often. So have you been back recently? <gasps> Are you? Trying to pull information from me. Just trying to make conversation. Been, yes. Okay, so you have been, uh, you know, yeah. you know, maybe see uh, a little karate stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, they like to keep so much of the stuff under wraps. I wish... I could share things. Uh, so every project to do, I'm like, why can't I just tell everybody? Why do we have to keep everything such a secret? But um, I, I'm not at liberty to say much, but I would just keep tuning in to oh. that awesome show. So Jessica Andrew. Well, see, here's the thing. Okay, so uh, let me tell you a quick Cobra Kai story. When when Cobra Kai oh, when Cobra Kai was still on YouTube Red before it went to Netflix, they filmed. Mm-hmm. So I met some of the, I guess, writers, directors uh, through a friend, Mm -hmm. and they filmed, I think in season two, it was the beach scene at where I play tennis out of, the the club in Marietta. And so I went and I watched, yeah, I went and I watched it, and and I wasn't familiar with the first season at all. I didn't get it. I didn't understand. Uh I didn't have YouTube read. I I didn't even understand that, to be honest with you. Uh. And I see these kids, and I'm like, oh, is this one of those things where it's just like let's introduce the kids and the kids take over and then when it hit netflix oh my god i'm addicted to that show but here's the thing Karate, Isn't it great? yeah karate yeah. kid three the one where of course you play jessica andrews matt barnes the uh the bad mm-hmm. guy i've got to tell you he might be the biggest bad guy out of all the karate kids mm-hmm. i mean the best as far really? as really yeah i mean he is such an asshole I mean, like, yeah, I know, right? Like, it was hard to hate Johnny because you felt bad for Johnny. And it was hard to hate, it was hard to hate uh, the Okinawa guy because, you know, he was just trying to do what his heritage said. This Barnes guy is a dick. <laughs> like a real dick. 
I'm dying laughing. That's so funny. You know, I guess he played it really well. But, you know, it's interesting, though, that you say that because uh, I I love that Billy was able to do that uh, with his role with Johnny. It's like to be able to play a bad guy, but one that you also kind of like empathize with, Mm. you know, that's a gift. And I think that's why he's so beloved, too, on Cobra Kai, because he has that humanity. And like you realize, oh, he's not just he's not just an asshole just to be an asshole. Like it's layered. It's, it's complicated. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I love so much the show. I'm so excited and, and thrilled for the success of it. And I've been friends with Billy since we were teenagers. So um, it's just, wow. When this happened, I was like, I cannot believe this is so amazing. Yeah. And what a great show it is. They've done such a great job with it. So I didn't know this, but when filming Karate Kid Part 3, and I didn't even realize it until I read this. So because of the age difference between you in real life mm-hmm. and Ralph Macchio in real life, mm-hmm. it was like 27 and you were a teenager, The and mm-hmm. there was the... The, the the attraction. I mean, you were you were the love interest in, in Credit Kid Part Three, but you they had to be very careful because in real life there was a ten ten year yes. age gap, right? Yeah, they did. Well, they were they were still writing the script when we began filming, and because of the obvious age gap, they um, they were like, well, we should probably just make you guys friends. So. They did a little bit of tweaking and, and rewrote it a bit. So, so yes, that's how that happened. Isn't that interesting? Very interesting. <laughs> he was married at the time. Oh, his wife is just the best, by the way, Phyllis. She's so great. But, yeah, he was married, and I was just a teenager. So excited to be a part of that franchise. So I was fangirling the entire time. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I cannot believe I'm in scenes with Ralph Macchio, with Daniel LaRusso. Oh, (laughs) Mr. Miyagi. Are you kidding? It was just, it was such a dream come true. Well, you and I are about the same age uh, in in real life. And so Mm -hmm. you... Out of all of the love interests for twenty five, right? Daniel's son, yeah, twenty five, right? Uh, uh-huh. I, I gravitated towards you as a young man more than the other love interests. I thought you did a bang up job. Oh, you just, really? You were just very <laughs> real, and and like I wanted to hang oh. out with you. Like I was like, oh, she's gonna hang out with me while I play video games, and she's not gonna complain. This is gonna oh, be, I love you. yeah. <laughs> That's actually so funny. I love hearing that, and I appreciate that so much because, um, oh, gosh, I just thought I loved Elizabeth Shue so much. I loved her character. I loved the first one. I also love the third one, of course, because I'm in it. But um, thank you for saying that. I really, really appreciate it. Um, You know, and I did the uh, screen test. This is back in the day when they – I mean, maybe they still do screen tests, but it seems now like you – Put it, you throw down a self-tape and then you're hired like that. But we did an actual screen test with the camera and the crew, a little small crew at Warner Brothers Studios. And it was me and Heather Graham. And we did the macaroni and cheese scene with Ralph before we got the film. So I, 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 when I got there, it's like, you, you have to size up your competition, you know, and I see Heather Graham and, and she, of course, she was just so beautiful. And I was like, oh gosh, I don't stand a chance, but this is going to be a fun experience anyway. Couldn't believe I got it. Absolutely. Like just, oh, it was one of the greatest days ever. Wow. I did not know that Heather Graham was almost mm-hmm. Jessica Andrews. Who knew? That's, mm-hmm, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think, I, 
Do you, you know th- who knew? I knew. You knew, yeah. Do you think that that yeah. role, because it was, um, you know, the, the old typecast thing and the Karate Kid franchise so big, did, does that hurt a career or help a career? Oh, I didn't find that it that it hurt at all. Um, I, I don't, you know, it's so interesting because, like, I... I don't really know that I paid that much attention to how things affected my career. It just seemed pretty steady. Like the work was like consistent and steady, but it didn't, I don't feel like, Oh, I was in karate kid. And then all of a sudden I just blew up that, that didn't happen either. So yeah. Do the uh, other members of your family, like European vacation, Jason, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's always looked at as kind of the redheaded stepchild, no pun intended to the, to the vacation, (laughs) the vacation movies. But I mean, you know, if, if you're a fan and I'm a diehard Chevy, Chevy chase fan, you know, piggly, wiggly, piggly. I mean, you come on, it's great. It's the only, (laughs) it's the only vacation I believe that showed nudity as well. Uh, with, with that scene. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that, mm-hmm. you know, that one was so iconic. What an iconic role to do and to be a part of that was so great. I, you know, we, we like recently were like, Oh, we got to show our kids vacation. <laughs> we sit down and watch it and the trailer comes on. And I'm like, wait, why does it look like that old? What, <laughs> what is happening right now? I don't remember <laughs> looking like this. Do you, do you ever have those moments where you're like, oh, let's show this to our kids, and then you turn around and you're like, why does this look like 1900? <laughs> yeah, obviously it looks ancient, you know? Right. Everything from the 90s, I mean, the 80s, forget about it, but the 90s, you know, like if you see something on your time hop on social media, you never realized yeah. how much technology has, has come like as far as taking pictures and pixels and all that stuff, you look back, you know, the outfits I, you know, I was, I was looking at some of the old pictures uh, of you and you know, you oh, the, oh no, you're, you're fantastic. You got the, 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 um, the, 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 the suspender outfit, the jeans suspender. It was really popular with the girls. It was my favorite to this day. My favorite outfit a woman can wear is the jean suspender and like the midriff shirt or something and the little white sneakers. And you, but the but the photo quality you pay more attention to than the actual trends in the picture. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like it is. Wow, hasn't the improvements have been insane? But it does look so archaic. Yeah. You look like like that was in that was in my lifetime. What? Yeah. <laughs> you you said you you fangirled out when you did the the Karate Kid three. What about your other films? Yeah. I mean, you you've you've acted alongside the best of times. I brought that up at the beginning. That's one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. I love oh, really love, love that movie, and uh, and and you if you watch the movie intently. Your role in that movie, I mean, as a, as as one of the kids, is, is 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 what it is. But when they're fighting and whatnot, your role is pretty significant to kind of like lighten the mood of it's not that big of a deal. Mom and Dad will get back together. <laughs> yeah, I've got to watch that again. I that was so great because I filmed Best of Times with Robin Williams and Kurt Russell. Wow. And then right after I did Wildcats with Goldie Hawn mm-hmm. and Kurt Russell would come visit set because, you know, obviously they're together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so great. How fun is this? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I feel so fortunate to have been a part of such great films like that. And um, I also think it's pretty cool that like, 
in this film, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, we have the quintessential teen who's, you know, acting out. She's angry and her, she's got her dyed hair. And I was like, oh, wow, that was me in Wildcats. Or that was me in the best of times. And now here I'm the mom to that teen. So it's, it's pretty full circle and so, so cool. If memory serves in Wildcats, you 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 got drunk, right? That was at the party that you actually, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. You with Wesley Wesley Snipes, that was the scene with Wesley Snipes, right. yeah. With Wesley Snipes, <laughs> you're like, is yeah. This, is this what drunk feels like? Am I doing this right? <laughs> Yeah, I would have had no idea, but I I feel like I played it pretty well. <laughs> I, I agree. I think you did too. Was there any roles, any films of any iconic? Uh, movies that you auditioned for really wanted and did not get and who did you lose the part to? Oh, whoa. I'd have to really go back in my Rolodex here. Um, gosh, I can't think of off the top of my head, but I, there have been so many countless roles that I've auditioned for that I haven't gotten. I wouldn't know which one to pick. Uh, you're going to have to come back to me on that one because like this industry is like constant disappointments, right? You're just so excited when you get one of them. That, that really, that's all it is. You're constantly losing out to someone else. And you're like, who got that role? And most of the time, you never end up knowing mm. who gets the role. But um, I feel super fortunate to have gotten the ones that I did. Like, you know, like I was telling you, yeah, I totally fangirled over. Just recently, I showed my daughter Karate Kid. And... And I was like, we're watching it, and, and it comes up on whatever it was, Netflix, and I see my name sandwiched between Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita, and I'm like, I can't believe that that's, that's my name. I was a part of that. I still can't believe it. <laughs> that's so cool that you have that kind of attitude. You know, I've talked to a, a lot of actors, actresses, and you know, they, they, they try to be too cool for the room and, and just kind of discount yeah. what they've done in the past or they don't even want to talk about yeah. what they've done in the past. But you were part of such an iconic era of movies um, that, yeah. and, and they were iconic because there there's a resurgence of them, not only the originals uh, today, but also spinoffs mm -hmm. of them today, you know? Yes, yes, of course. Um, wow, I know I was thinking about that. And like Twin Peaks is another iconic one. You know, I, I, uh, the thing is like, I, there's never a moment where I'm taking for granted what I do and having the opportunity to still do what I love. Um, I can't even tell you, I love it. And I'm like, oh, I'm on, you know, recently I, I, I'm recurring on, um, 911 Lone Star. It's Ryan Murphy's show. Yeah. And I'm on the Fox lot and I'm walking around. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go up to stage 21 or whatever it is where I did Doogie Howser and, <laughs> and um, Chicago Hope. And, and I have such incredible memories. And I'm like, I feel so fortunate to still be here and still be doing what I love. And because, like I'm telling you, our industry has changed so much. And uh, it's, it, it, all of it, like, uh, you know, so many people are your competition now. When I was like a teenager in, in my early 20s, the pool, your competition was so much smaller. And now you're competing with like, you know, YouTube stars and social media stars. And it's just like, it's so much more competitive. So I feel so, so fortunate to still be able to do what I love, like genuinely love it. And you get to talk about it, which is great because as a fan of all the, th I mean, even you go way back to your your younger younger days, 
and, and making appearances on like Silver Spoons and Punky Brewster and Starman mm-hmm. and those types of things, mm-hmm. you know, just to be on the yeah. set. Like I, I watching Silver Spoons as a kid, I'm like, I want to ride the train. You know, I, I got to get right? on that train. Please tell me when you were on set, you got on the train. Oh, I wish I could tell you that I did get on the train. I I did two episodes. I didn't. I don't think I did now. But I did two episodes of Silver Spoons. And I was so, I wanted to be on that show so desperately because, like, I along with every other girl was totally in love with Ricky Schroeder. I was like, Oh, I hope I get on the show. And, and I, every actress it seemed had the opportunity to be on the show. And then finally it was my turn. Oh, I was so excited. I was so nervous. I, but then afterwards, like Ricky and I, we ended up becoming friends and then our families became friends years and years later. But anyway, so, um, but to be on that show was so great. And Jason Bateman, mm-hmm. how, how great was he on that show? And then, do you know that years later, I ended up playing Jason's wife on a short-lived show called George and Leo. And uh, it was with Bob Newhart and Judd Hirsch. And Jason played my husband. And I was his biggest fan. I was dying laughing over every. I'm like, do that line again. Do it again. You're so funny. You're the funniest ever. <laughs> I was always making him perform. Him, but, um, him in couples retreat yeah. is fantastic. I just, he's got that oh, smug type of, and Ozark oh. was just a whole different world, which was uh, oh, right? know, a grand slam. Every episode was, was absolutely hundred percent. Yes. You, did, yes. Did you, did you like a lot of other child stars growing up in the business? I mean, you grew up, I mean, it wasn't normal for you. So the people that you would date would be also other actors. Did you have relationships with, you know, the, 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 the Jason Batemans or the Ricky Schroeders and, you know, I dated him for a week or him for two weeks, that kind of thing. Oh yes, of course. Uh, Yes. Um, Oh my gosh. I always dated my co-stars always. (laughs) I ended up dating Jason Priestley for two years and it was a year before for 90210 it was a year into 90210 but I was always dating my my co-stars like that's because that's that's who you're meeting and they're always handsome they're always charming you know you can't really blame me <laughs> no not at all but do you like doing this stuff I mean I know this is uh in the uh, we get an extra special favor in the podcast world because we take a lot longer than radio but do you like doing radio I love it. I've actually, I really love it. I didn't love so much. One tour I did that started at, I had to get up at five o'clock in the morning because we're doing a ton of East Coast uh, interviews, but I really love it. Like, I, I just like, I wish I could meet everyone in person. That's the only thing. But are they nice to you? A lot of radio people can be, you know. So great. So much fun. I wow. really like, have enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Um, back to the uh, the the dating of the co stars thing. I, I, I have another question on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Did you did you get close to marrying any of them? No, 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 no. 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 You knew Did not. You knew Bart was no. the one. You're just waiting for him. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, I, it's so important to date because you never really know. You 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 realize quickly what you do and don't want when you date. Right. So I had dated enough. I dated enough to go like, no, that is absolutely not what I want. So when he came into the picture, um, he checked so many of the boxes and did I tell you that my, that he worked with my dad? Um, that's how he came into the fam. Yeah. I told you, I see, I can't remember, but yeah. Um, 
so he was, my gosh, so great. He comes from such a wonderful family. And also in the industry, his mom um, did hair for, I mean, I mean, all the way back to um, Charlie's Angels and uh-huh. Alice and the Brady Bunch. Oh, my gosh, she was on everything. And then she did huge films and um, newsies. So anyway, he comes from an sort of like an entertainment family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did, but yeah. Did you, uh, did you, you know, for those that don't know, uh, part of this very famous lively family is Blake and is married to some guy named Ryan Reynolds. Uh, did you approve, <laughs> did you approve of this Ryan Reynolds guy uh, right out of the gates? I can't even tell you. It's such a funny <laughs> story. I don't have time to tell it, but like, Oh, she retells the story and it sounds so awful, but I absolutely love Ryan, but she set me up in a way that she's telling me the stories. I knew they were friends. And then I can't, I don't remember how it went down, but she was like, and then, no, I, you know what? I'm going to botch it. So I can't even, I can't even go there. The bottom line is I absolutely love Ryan, but my sister's retelling of how she told me that they were dating is so funny and makes it so funny. I can't even, (laughs) she'll have to tell you sometime, but it's, it's a good one. I thought it was cool that you were in the, you know, his, his cell phone, the mint stuff. You were in that commercial with him. That was cool. Yeah, I just one of the one of the radio hosts was like, I was looking forever to try to find what was the credit, what was the movie that you did with Ryan? I knew I saw you together. I know you were in a movie with him. And I was like laughing so hard. I'm like, yeah, that's right. It was the Mint Mobile commercial. We had so much fun doing that. He'd text me and it was like, hey, do you want to do Do you want to do a commercial a Mint Mobile spot with me? And I was like, Oh, let me think about it. Uh, yes, I do. One hundred percent. He's so funny, and to be on set and watch him, uh, because he did several spots. That was the day that we filmed that. He was doing it, the the ones with his mom. They were so hilarious. He's just so sharp and so witty, and just like bangs these spots out. And it's just it's uh so effortless for him. One of the um, one, of, just, one of the yeah. coolest Ryan Reynolds stories I heard just recently. So um, I think I said this earlier. Being a big Chevy, actually, this is interesting. This has all come back full circle. So uh, I'm a big Chevy Chase fan. Like he's my comedy god, right? And, yes, and, yes. And so he, I've never had the opportunity to meet him, and unfortunately, I probably never will, uh, nor or mm. interview him. But he was in Atlanta. Uh, during this past Christmas time, doing a tour for Christmas Vacation. And uh-huh. he brings kind of like, I think, a family friend that does the Q&A, somebody that, that, that you know, they've known for a while because of his, of his health. And his wife was there just to, to pick up the pieces. So there was a story that was told. I forget how it was, how it was brought up, but that uh, I guess the short, short version is Ryan Reynolds Chevy Chase is Ryan Reynolds comedy God as well, which makes all the sense in the mm-hmm. world because of the style mm-hmm. that Ryan has in the mm-hmm. style of Chevy Chase. And, but the, the way yeah. the story was told was how, when Ryan, Oh, he met Chevy Chase's wife and she goes, hi, I'm Chevy Chase's wife. And he goes, Oh my God. And gives her like a big hug. He's like, can you please give Chevy a message for me? I just need him to know this. Uh, I just thought that was really cool. The way it was told. Oh, I love that. I don't even know that story. I Yeah, I know Ryan loves Chevy Chase and John Candy as well. They're just comedy geniuses. Yeah. Um, and I can't believe that my brother had the opportunity to work with Chevy Chase. I mean, those his films were so, gosh, he's funny, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
Yeah, he's just, I mean, you know, there's certain people that'll just, uh, my side of things as the the radio or podcast or interview guy, and, you know, there's certain people that you want to meet and check off a list just because they've played such a role in your life, and and that's why I enjoy doing this so much. I mean, you played a role in my life, and now we get to have this great conversation, so... Um, you know, we yeah. all, we well, all I mean, win. We, we, the next thing cut to, we're going to be just playing video games together, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, it took a couple of years, Robin, but we got there. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll finish up with, uh, Blake, um, lively, who is obviously on top of the world. Uh, she's, she's one of Hollywood's, you know, biggest actresses. Um, some of the films that she's done, are, are you all, all, always a fan? Does she come to you for advice? Um, not anymore. My gosh, she's so busy. But like there was a time early in her career that she would, and I'm not even kidding when I'm telling you this, she would have me act out her part and she would record me doing it. And then she would just like, you know, take that and from that and try to learn from whatever I was doing. Mm. And uh, she would never do the scenes with me. Like I was like, Blake, just do the scenes with me. No, that's so embarrassing. No, you just do it. You act it out. You do the part. I'm like, okay. So that's how we did it for a little while. But she's, I think she's uh, surpassed that, right? Like she's so, she's so great. That, uh, I, I was so, so proud of her. I was turned on to the movie Savages. Somebody told me to watch that. And wow, what a mind oh. F trip movie that is. Uh, yes, that is, it, it's so bizarre, but so great all in the same breath. Yeah. Fantastic film. Yeah. All Oliver Stone. I was with her, uh, part of the reshoots. We got to go to a really wonderful, tropical, incredible location. And she did some reshoots there. So I got to be a part of that. And, um, yeah, she's had some incredible opportunities and wonderful experiences, and and she's grown so much as an actress. Like I just think she's her work has gotten so fantastic, and it's really cool to see that. You know, like she's my little sister, and uh, just to see her grow like that and and become the wonderful person that she is, I'm just so proud of her. Well, remember, she's no Jessica Andrews, so just keep that in your pocket. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to remind her of that the next time I see her, okay? <laughs> well, uh, next time you're back home in Georgia, uh, you and Bart uh, will find some video games. I don't actually have one at my house, but I can, I'll <laughs> buy one. Come over, and we'll play some video games, and I'll grill out for you guys. <laughs> Um, for, I'll tell you, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> does it? I said, we might skip the video game thing, but you know, I, I'm kind of past that. But the, the grill thing is I can totally handle. I'm, I'm a big grill guy, so we totally can do that. <laughs> oh, good. So is Bart. You guys will be grill buddies for sure. Uh, the feature family film, and I, and I stress the family part of it. You know, I know i got to let you go, but I, I think there's not enough good wholesome family stuff on television um you know i have a problem with the superhero movies and this and this and that and it's just it's it's destroying generations Uh, and i know i sound like an old fuddy-duddy guy but you know Mm -hmm. there is a propaganda uh variable that goes into films and uh, there's nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with having some good family films so strong fathers strong daughters uh streaming on pure flicks currently right now starring Robin Lively and her uh, extremely talented and extremely attractive husband, Bart Johnson. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to share this. I think people are going to love it. I, I'm, I'm so proud to be a part of it. And I think you're right. Like I, I, I love that this is, um, 
it is for the whole family. And I find that so many films and television shows are trying so hard to push the envelope. And it's like, mm. can't we just make something, you know, just something simple and easy and something mainstream and that everybody can watch. And it's just, you know, and that is what this film is. And, and I'm super excited to share it. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for giving me all the time and then coming back and hopefully we'll talk soon. Okay, yes. Robin. We will. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. You want to know when the best time to upgrade your house? Always. Always a good idea. It's great for your property value, especially if you're in the business of trying to sell it right now. And definitely the kitchen and definitely the bath. UCI Kitchen and Bath, that's where you need to be. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator, plus installer for the past 20 years. Extremely fair prices, quality of work, excellent service, uh, sets them apart from their competitors in their industry, which is a busy, busy industry. So if you want to visit the showroom located in Norcross, Georgia, right there, you can see their cabinets, you can see the granite, you can see the countertops, you can see the quartz, you can see the marble, you can see the quartzite, and you can watch them cut it there too. It's a one-stop shop as UCI Kitchen and Bath also provides the installation on whatever you buy. Let's save you some cash. Mention the BS, you get 10% off regular priced countertops. So, save some money. Mention the Bailey Show podcast, 10% off regular priced countertops. UCIGranite.com. David Hawks of Rockland Contracting's phone has been ringing off the hook from you two percenters that want a new deck design and build. Well, that's a good thing. And David Hawks welcomes all those phone calls. He's tied up, really. He's slammed, but he's going to get you in some point or another. You just got to give David Hawks a call at Rockland Contracting and see when he can get you in. You know, things change. Schedules change. 678-879-3867. He is also hiring. He's paying pretty good if you've got experience with deck design and or build. Also remember, specializes in basement remodel, new HVAC installation, uh, interior and exterior painting. So he's bringing your vision to life to stay within your budget. He's got this amazing software where you'll see your brand new deck before it's even built. RocklandContractingLLC.com. That's RocklandContractingLLC.com. Or call 678-879-3867. Help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there. Whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, graphic design and apparel. Create Graphics is a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide format printing, and graphic installation. Excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish. CreateGraphics.net. C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or you can call 770-369-9962. 770-369-9962. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. See the remake in Roadhouse? Yeah. <laughs> Nate, Nate likes to use his uh, dark-complected hand to speak sometimes 
on our video screen because he can't change the color of the hand. Yeah. Talk to the black hand because the face ain't listening. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can change it. I forget how, though. It gets weird when we have certain guests and you use the black hand. I think it's the, it's well, why the, have you ever told me this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've talked about this multiple times, and I don't think you've ever used it. So how do you know how to change it? I found it on accident. I was going through the settings on this 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 thing. Yeah. Brandon has raised his hand. All right, guys. Okay, this is he has a Simpson hand. Yeah, he has a Simpson <laughs> hand. There you go. All right, all right, just raise your hand if you got something to say, Brandon. You don't have to do it because Nate puts the black hand up. You don't have to like offset the black hand with your Simpson's hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that man. If we gotta gotta be fair. You're gonna have a black hand, you better have a Simpsons hand. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal is going to take uh the role of Patrick Swayze as Dalton, I guess. So Amazon it's gonna be an Amazon Studios announced that the remake will move forward with Jake Gyllenhaal uh, starring as Dalton, the role originally played by Patrick Swayze. Other confirmed cast members include Billy Magnuson, No Time to Die, Daniela Machor, The Suicide Squad, Gememisola Ikamulo, A League of Their Own series, and Lucas Gage, Euphoria. Uh, so there you go. That's that's the new cast. It's very. Remember in Roadhouse, there were no black people in Roadhouse. Oh, no, that's not true. No, no, no. The bartender. Uh, the guy from... Um, Night Court, right? He was also uh, the dad in Something About Mary. He was the bartender. <clears throat> Black guy. I've, I've actually never seen Roadhouse. <gasps> what? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it looks good, but, it, I mean, it came out in 89, so I was, it would have been like 20 years old by the time I was old enough to care, and, I don't know, just didn't do it for me at the time. So, yeah, I need to watch that one. No, it's it's great. It also has, uh, what's the the blind uh, musician? Um, Stevie Wonder? No, white guy, since now past. Like I said. Ray no, Charles? No, no, oh, no white no, guy. No, no, it's Roadhouse. They didn't have black guys in Roadhouse, except for oh, the yeah, bartender. Right. Uh, I want to say GF. Blind white guy? Yeah. He's the guitar man. Yeah, the blind. Yeah, he's he's in Jeff. Oh, blind Willie Walker. No, not blind Willie Walker. <laughs> oh, that was just I. I just typed in blind white guy, and that was the first one that came up. Blind, blind, blind guitarist Roadhouse. Google that. Okay. Jeff, I want to say Jeff. Jeff, easily, Eli. Am I close? Um. Jeff Healy. Jeff Healy. I was close. Jeff Healy. Yeah, Jeff Healy. The Jeff Healy band. And they used to play behind the chain link fence and the the double deuce before Dalton came to town and they decided to change things up and make shit real. And Dalton. That's the, what's that's that? That's the name of the shop here. Shop we got. We got a sign on that says double deuce. Yeah, double deuce. Yeah, double deuce is cool. And then Dalton comes to town. And forget what's about that? like take two dumps <laughs> forget about it when sam elliott comes to town that's just a totally different story because he's the og this is a great movie you know and of course when you put out a you know the, you're remaking a classic like you know roadhouse people are gonna crap on it and stuff i, I like jake gyllenhaal it, it actually might work you know I, I think it's different when you remake these as a series versus as a movie like if you were putting it in theaters as a remake I don't know if this is going to work, but if you, if it's an Amazon series, right, it's going to be on Amazon prime. 
um, I think you're okay. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I think you're not. Look, there's nothing new. There's no new ideas. Just look at the last radio show that we were on. They're still using my bits. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like it's been almost a year and they still haven't come up with the, they still haven't come up with their, uh, their own logo. They're still coming up with the logo that Nate and I designed, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, for, for like nine years ago. And I know what the strategy is behind that. It's the same strategy. And I know where it came from because I don't think anybody in that room was, was, was very much for doing that. I think that was passed down from above, actually from a different state, from a guy that wanted us to go by the the rock guys when, when we <laughs> signed on in whatever year it was because we could shorten it as TRG and we could trick people to think that the regular guys were still there. It's like, <laughs> I mean, some of these ideas from people are just the, the dumbest ideas. So I think that's that. But the stuff on the show is just them being lazy. You know, you, you, you fired all the creative people um, and you left n- no creative in the room, like zero. You know, and you hire a new guy that comes with zero creative baggage, you know, so, uh, you know, outside of nerd talk, you know, so, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's, there, anyway, my point is there's nothing new out there. You know, a lot of the movies that you grew up on were actually probably remakes or spinoffs of something else from back in the day day. It's just, for some reason, I don't ever remember, like, my mother or my stepdad's always going, oh, that's a remake. That's a, like, no one ever told me Brewster's Millions was a remake. It was our first program director that actually told me. He texted me that one day. We were talking about remakes or something, and that came up, and he was like, you know that's a remake. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> and no yeah. clue. Nobody brings it up because it came out in 1945, and most of the people that know that are dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is, like, when the movies or ideas first came out in the 30s or 40s or 50s, you know, not, every, not all of them are dead, but... And I'm a kid, so this would be like 40 years later, like 80s or 90s. Nobody's nobody's saying that that was... I never remember anybody telling me these things were remakes. I always thought they were original ideas. They're all new ideas. Yeah, and I used to go and back and watch the originals. Um, remember when Netflix, you had the actual DVD discs that you get in the mail? Mm-hmm. So I used to go back and order the, the old movies that were like the originals. Like I, I went back and watched the original Ocean's Eleven from 1960, I watched the uh, the original Gone in 60 Seconds from 1970s. Uh, so, yeah, it's crazy to see them. You're like, fuck, I had no idea that these were um, the ones that we know as popular are the remakes, actually. Well, listen to this. Here's the plot line. Uh, in the remake, which is heavily inspired by the original, Gyllenhaal's Dalton is a former UFC fighter who takes a job as a bouncer at the Florida Keys Roadhouse. The official logline teases that Dalton soon discovers that not everything is what it seems in this tropical paradise. In the original Roadhouse, directed by Rowdy Harrington and written by David Lee Henry and Hilary Hankin, Swayze played a man with a mysterious past who moves from New York to Missouri to take over security at a small town club. Uh, (laughs) They got to put in the UFC thing. Uh, I just would rather just be a badass, you know, no back, no background, no... Just, just some, just some dude that's a badass. Like you never, Dalton's background. He was always a bouncer, right? You just don't, Brandon. He, they never said he, he was a former Golden Gloves World Champion or anything. He's just a badass. You know, he just showed up. He's a badass. He's known to be a badass and killed a guy one time. Yeah, I think it's, 
it's kind of better just to do it. Just make it a little mysterious. Like you don't know a whole lot, but you know, if, you know, as that, Ooh, who is this guy factor? Exactly. I agree. Yeah. 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 You don't have to be like, yeah, he went 12 and four, the UFC octagon. And now he's bouncing bars. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a 10 minute cutscene of when he was fighting the UFC. You're going to have flashbacks of you. I guarantee they will. You'll have like a flashback of him. It, 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 he would have killed. Watch. He killed somebody in the octagon. That's going to be part of his backstory. And that's why he's fucked up in the head. And he's always thinking about it. He killed somebody in the octagon. Guarantee it. Or he got kicked out of the UFC because he killed somebody in self-defense and served time in jail. But mark my words, that will be part of the back line, the tagline. So anyway, that's uh, that's coming to when, a, a television near you. When's it supposed to come out? I knew you were getting ready to ask that. Uh, it doesn't say. I don't think it says. Wait, have they even filmed it yet? I knew you were going to ask that next, too. Uh, an official premiere date has not been yet announced for the new Roadhouse, but the film will reportedly start this is great. Start filming in the Dominican Republic later this month. It will have a streaming release on Prime Video when it is released. Head straight to Amazon's streaming platform, which they're tweaking, by the way, so they're probably going getting ready to put out a lot of new content. You know what they say? That HBO Max it might be dying. The HBO Max app, which I like, and I, I think it's very user-friendly. They say they might be dying because of the merger with Time Warner. And it might just all, they might merge the HBO Max and the Discovery Plus, which is another great uh, streaming app. So, there you go. Answers yeah. your questions. That's dumb. They should just, they'd make more money having two separate subscriptions. I don't know why they'd merge it. I don't know. Maybe you should call them and complain. Have you ever uh, heard the term quiet quitting no quiet quitting. never heard it have you heard that brandon quiet quitting yeah, no you're just gonna that's walk when, out that's when deaf august quit <laughs> or no somebody quits on deaf august <laughs> uh basically you choose to only perform your specific job duties so instead of giving 110 percent you back it off to whatever you can get away with and not get fired so pretty much do the bare minimum. You know, the the term he's ch or she's checked out, like I was the last probably year or two of, of my last job, that's called quiet quitting. Um, also, I think a little, well, no, I don't think I quiet quit because I still worked my ass off. I still went over 100%. So this is somebody that just does what they're, only perform your specific job duties, which is your job. So I guess the idea is that when you work a job, you do more than what you're supposed to do. And yeah, I think it's just like putting in the effort. It's um, it's it happens in a lot of corporations. I feel like, and it's people if there's no incentive and there's nowhere you know to improve or do anything, you just work hard enough to not get fired. The goal is to make sure there's room for other stuff in your life, so you're not a workaholic. Well, it doesn't sound bad, but obviously there's a fine line between having a good work-life balance and just being lazy. And it's not just trending here. It also happens in other countries, including China, believe it or not, where they use the term Tang Ping, which means lying flat. Yeah. Get a little, lay flat, get a little Tang Ping in your life. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to say that to your wife tonight and say, hey, I'll be out of the bathroom in a minute. I want you naked Tang Pinging on the bed. 
<laughs> I don't know what you're going to walk out to, <laughs> but see if she can figure it out. <laughs> She's going to be in some weird origami stretch. <laughs> Is this what you meant? I, I thought it was a yoga move. <laughs> I, I, I just never thought you'd tang ping me, Nate. I love you so much. <laughs> I want to say, I want to text that to my wife. I want to see what she says. Let me text her. She's yeah. Oh, yeah, that. that's funny. Okay, here we yeah, go. Yeah, you said it was from China? Tang Ping. Yeah. How, how should I word it? I'll say, um, hey, Bay. Tonight will you. No, just say, send me a picture of your Tang Ping. <laughs> no, but that's not how it's used. It's. it's well, we wouldn't use it how it's used. It just sounds funny. Well, yeah, but she's driving and she would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't want to allude to it. That's her girl parts. I just want to see what she thinks it is. Tonight, will you tang ping for me? Yeah, there you go. Hey, bae. Tonight, will you tang ping for me? And I'll put a heart. Or no, kiss. Yeah, kiss face. There we go. And, and an eggplant. Eggplant. But see, then now I'm just, now I don't want to allude to it that it's sexy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just want to see what she thinks it is. Okay. All right. Sent. Hey, bae, tonight will you tang ping for me? All right. That's the right word? Yeah. All right. I have to make sure I didn't spell correct and it comes up like, you know, turn duck or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's driving. We'll see what she says. Stay tuned. She'll do it. Um, it's possible the pandemic lockdowns caused it. Possible. Absolutely. It caused it. People who were overworked finally got a break, realized the free time is nice and wanted more of it. Uh, and the fact that the wealth gap is widening probably hasn't helped either. When it seems impossible to get ahead, people don't try as hard. Um, that from the New York Post, the Huffington Post. So, you know, I, I have always been called a workaholic, and I know it's not the healthiest thing in the world, but I enjoy what I do. So that, you know, Nate kind of beats me up on that, um, you know, like not taking a break from certain things and going and enjoying other things. But the fact is, is I, en I, I enjoy researching. I enjoy interviewing people. I enjoy being creative. I mean, this is kind of like if I didn't have it in my life, I can't relax. I'm not the guy that can just chill out on the couch all day. I wish I was. And if you do that, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, each into their own. It's just, I can't do that. You're not a tang pinger. I'm not a tang pinger. Right. Yeah. I don't tang ping. I don't tang ping well. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, you know, like when football season gets here, Sundays, I can do it. And I'm watching football. But it's it's sometimes it's a it's a struggle not to get up and want to do other things. Uh, it, it's very, very odd. So the, the the like that gray area, that fine line of am I working too much, even though I'm getting things accomplished? Is it detrimental to my mental health, my personal life, um, and is it worth it? If you go back to our parents, to the boomers, I would say yes, because that generation and the generations before got this country to where it needed to be. These people were in the factories. They were in the mills. They were busting their asses and not complaining. They were putting in 10, 12-hour days. You know, you hear all these stories from your grandparents and stuff like that. They did not tang ping. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, 
the, the, the phrase is, is every generation gets more watered down. I think there's some truth to that. Hold on. I got a text back. Remind me where I, where I stop. So I'll forget my pickup. All right. Hey, Bay. tonight will you tang ping for me? Kissy face is what I sent Rach. She writes back, Bay, what? What the shit? Um, <laughs> I, and then she goes, <laughs> what? I do have someone that wants to cater VIP podcast in pours. <laughs> 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 what the, that's our new thing. What the shit? <laughs> what the shit from the internship? <laughs> and Ellen Wilson's like, what the shit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, awesome. Love you. Got to go back to work. All right. Sorry, guys. Um, anyway, where did I leave off there? The generation thing, uh, the watered down? Yeah. yeah. So so the, I think in the podcast word, we're supposed to edit, but we'll just leave it. So, the, 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 you know, everybody says that each generation is watered down, right? It's, it gets more watered down. I don't, you know, there is some truth to that, yes. I, I do believe generations get softer because of the work ethic, but it's the work ethic that makes you that way because of technology and how the world has changed. You don't have to do those things anymore. Nobody's in the factories, unfortunately. That's why we've pretty much already lost any war to China that we could ever have. We are so in debt to China and, and, and India and, and Japan and even Russia, for that matter, is because we want it just like everybody else, this global economy, and thinking that we could all help each other. Well, I, somebody's just sort of raised their hand and said it's not going to work. Well, let's just let's just keep shit on the inside and just 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 enough in case we need it. You know, now we see the the the, the you know what's happening right now. You know, with uh, it started with the tariffs and then it's the pissing off and then it's uh, no chips and then it's no no chip places to build here in the United States and I mean it's just a mess, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't have those things anymore that, that our parents and our grandparents had in this country because we were under the impression we're all going to be, you know, robots are going to do everything and it's going to be so much faster and this and this and that. And we're learning a valuable lesson right now where nothing's go back to the basics pretty much. You know, there's no, there's no no problem with evolving and, and, and going forward, but keep the basics in play. Always keep the basics in play. That goes for anything in life. You always keep the basics. The ABCs, the who, what, when, where, whys. You never can fail if you have the basics and you've mastered them and they're in play. Uh, so people now, especially with the pandemic, and I know I, I can honestly say I'm probably one of these people. And then when I lost my gig, you know, you just kind of realize it's like all that work that I put in obviously was unappreciated. Yeah. And... Why did I do that? I mean, I, I, I did everything I could, and this is how they treat me? It wasn't like that with our parents and our grandparents. You know, you could act any way you wanted to act as long as you did your job and you did it well. And if you did it better than well, you're going to be there for as long as you want and get that gold watch when it's all said and done and have a pension at 65, right? It's not like right. that anymore. You yeah. could be a rock star superhero but if you make too much money or you're not a yes guy or there's a dude in power that doesn't like you and wants to fuck your wife or whatever the case may be, you're out the door. No questions asked. They'll find a way. Yeah. Loyalty isn't a thing anymore. Not a and thing at all. It's, I think it started on the corporate side or the, the business side and then it moved to the employee side. It's like, why am I going to be loyal to you? You're not loyal to me. She just said, uh, 
Bay, I don't know what Tang Ping is, but if that's what you want, I'll do it. All right. <laughs> now you got to make, now you got to just make up whatever you want to do to her and, and be like, yeah, this is what it is. I don't know if I like the term quiet quitting because that sounds negative. It, I thought it was more negative now that I've read through it and kind of talked it out. It's, 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 it's doing what you were hired to do. And it's a case by case basis. It's how, how your relationship is with your, there's a lot of great companies out there, right? You know, mainly run by younger CEOs you know, twenties and thirties that they get mm-hmm. it and making it make a work environment fun. And you don't have to feel like you're walking on eggshells all the time. You know, during the pandemic, those CEOs that said, you know what, I'm, I don't need the money, so I'm not going to take a salary so I can pay my people and, and, and watch us get through this pandemic, not only watch us get through the pandemic, but watch us supersede our sales or our business or our production during the pandemic uh, and not firing anybody, you know, and that those companies have thrived uh, and they're still thriving. You know, the, the people that took out those those pandemic loans and decided to buy themselves yachts and fire everybody anyway after furloughing them. <laughs> Your guys are a bunch of fucks. <laughs> what a bunch of <laughs> how, how 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 much of a dick move is that? You know, we, start, we see all these stories now that are coming out that people are getting caught. They got twenty million dollars in this what they were called PP loans or PPP loans or whatever they were. Yeah, to to save your business. That's what it was for to pay your people, save your business, so you can you know get out of the pandemic and 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 be good. Instead, they take them and they're like, "Oh fuck, man! I got a check for twenty million dollars. I'm going to fire all you. What do I need to go back to work for? I just got twenty million dollars." <laughs> assholes if i found out my boss did that i would go to his house and beat the shit out of him i would knock him straight in the (laughs) fucking throat and say you can't breathe good die what an asshole (laughs) but yeah i don't i agree i don't think the i don't like quiet quitting because you're not really quitting you're just kind of doing what you're hired to do and i saw somebody post something about um what was it like um Anyone that says it's not my job is lazy and blah, blah, and they just went on about them. It's like, you you pick up the slack and you do whatever, to, you know, going on, which I, I think I used to agree with, but I don't think I agree with that anymore because, I mean, you see how it is today. And when you when you pick up something that's not your job, it suddenly becomes your job. And then they know that you are somebody that they can just pile things onto. And then it just they just keep adding things onto your book or onto your plate. And, and it's things you're not paid to do. And, and why, why do you have to bust your ass? Because there's somebody else that's being lazy. Well, and that, that was the, oh, go ahead. Well, well, what they should have said is it's, you shouldn't pick up the work. They should have said is you should call out the lazy motherfucker. That's not doing the work. And exactly. They should be responsible for doing what they're hired to do. If everybody did their job, there wouldn't be any extra work. Yeah. And that's, you know, part of it is just um, knowing your worth because I I, th- I have no, no problem with helping uh, a coworker out if they get swamped or something. But when you're just always that uh, the yes man that just will do anything that they want, then they know that's what they are or that they can do to you. And a lot, a lot of times, you know, we'd see we get emails at the station like, oh, we'd like to, you know, congratulate blah, blah, blah for taking on the new title of, you know, advanced super manager. And, it, and they're not even like 
getting paid more to do. They're just, it's basically like, Hey, we're going to give you a new title. That's just, we're piling more work onto you because we don't want to hire a second person to do the actual work. Mm. So we'll just make it sound like you're fancy, but you don't get anything else for it. Well, that's why the term working accountability should be coined. I think I did coin yeah. it where you call people out for their bullshit. You know, unfortunately when I did that, I got fired for it. Um, but, uh, because the person that fired me was doing the same thing and that's nothing, you know, yeah. so, so that, then you get caught in that, that type of situation. Another thing that I uh, noticed just recently, was an observation I made. So I was at the pet store, getting more fish cause all my fish keep dying. And I've kind of made friends with a few of the people there. They're very pleasant. They're very nice. It's a pet cow. You're going to say the fish. <laughs> made for a few fishy friends. Well, I, I, I've always, and I've said this a million times, so you've probably heard me say this before. I absolutely love people that are passionate about what they do, no matter what it is. Like, especially if it's something to me that I don't care about, uh, very minuscule, very just, just whatever. I like to see people care. Right. You know, I mean, there's very few things in my life that I'm very passionate about. I know you'd think the opposite, right? I, I just, I, I can adapt. I can move on. I, I can just do without. Uh, I don't know why I'm that way. Uh, you know, I like wrestling. I like football. You know, outside of my family, uh, you know, tennis, maybe working out, exercising, maybe, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so. I was there at the store the other day. We we're getting some more fish. And this woman that works there, her name is Rachel. She's always very pleasant, very helpful, very knowledgeable. I think she's like the boss or the manager or something. And she was there helping us out. And uh, I was outside because I was on a business call for a possible um, opportunity out of state. No, Brandon, not L.A., uh, and I would do it from my studio. So, but anyway, so I was on this business call and I walk in and, and, and Rachel already picked out the fish, which I wasn't very happy with because I wanted different fish, but she, I was like, whatever. So she had the fish up there and she goes, you know, it's EJ's last day. And I know now this EJ kid, is this little fella lives at home with his parents. He's got 10 fish tanks in his parents' house. And this kid is a fish nerd. He loves fish. He collects fish. It's all he does is he deals with his fish tanks. So he's been working on this, but he knows everything there is to know about fish. He knows about the chlorine. He knows about the water. He knows about the filters. He knows about the algae. He knows about the sucker fish. He knows about the snails. He knows about the plants. He knows about everything that's in a fish tank. It's EJ, the fish God, right? And it's his last day. And he helped, he's helped us out in the past. And I was like, oh, great. I don't think he remembered us, though. I felt like I was a, a fan of a celebrity that I had met once and felt like I had a better relationship than what I really did. Because when he came up, they brought him up. He goes, oh, yeah, can I, can I help you? Can I help you? And uh, we're like, no, man, we're just saying goodbye and, and, and best of luck on, on, on your new job. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, can I ring it? Like, he was very not sure of what was going on. It's like, motherfucker, how do you not remember us? We remember you, but you don't remember me, dickhead. So, <laughs> and then there was this other girl, this younger girl that was fairly new that went on to tell a story about how this old guy and his kids were, were hitting on her, which is a, another story from another time. And uh, so he's open. And then there was customers in line behind us. And so we're all kind of having this conversation, just hanging out at the fish store. The fish. And, and EJ's openly talking about his new job which is another fish store up the road, like just a fish store. Like it's, they just sell fish. I've never heard of it before, but I guess up the street and he's going to work there 
He's going to be the fish manager guy, and they just sell fish and fish tanks. They don't sell anything else. They don't sell dog tra- treats or anything, just fish. And he's talking about it. And in my head, I'm going, isn't that a no-no? Like, you don't talk about it being your last day openly around people. Maybe if it were just he and I, you know, we're talking, you know, um, that would be one thing. But he's, like, blurting it out where he's going. And I just thought that was really really odd that he openly talked about leaving his job, going to a similar job, which is competitive up the street where every, like if I'm in line, I'm going, why the fuck am I buying fish here when I can go to premium fish world up the street? And I'm going, EJ's going, if EJ's going there, I'm going there, you know? So that was another weird thing that I, I think people are more open about, Hey, look, I'm not going to work here anymore. I'm done with the CVS stuff. I'm just going to go across the street to the, to the, to the Walgreens, you know, or, you know what, man, this mattress uh, firm is just not working. I'm going to go to the mattress firm two blocks away, you know, because they're on every street corner in, in the world. Um, you know, so I, I thought that was pretty interesting. What, what yeah. Fire him? What's that? Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Fire him if he's talking about it? No, but it's, it's, it's bad form. It's kind of, you know, you don't do that. Yeah, but that might be more of you. You might be thinking more of like a career or like in radio. You know, you wouldn't say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to the station across the street." There's probably not a big competition in the uh, hourly employee fish world. I mean, it's not like, "Oh, go to fucking Lenny's Fish. They swim way faster than the ones at Petco." Um, so I think because like if I was leaving, you know, one retail job to the other, everybody'd be saying, "Oh yeah, go, you know, you might be going from American Eagle to Hollister or something like that." You'd, you'd tell people you're doing that because nobody gives a fuck because it's an hourly job. But in a in a career, uh, you're right. I don't think you would do that. Okay, maybe you're right. But, I mean, you start out in a career, and then, I mean, you start out in a job usually, and then you go into a career. Actually, I don't even know if that's the case anymore, too. Uh, like, talking to my daughter and her friends who've got a year left of high school going into college, and she already knows what she wants to do and hair and makeup for movies and stuff like that. But I've convinced her to go to a, a four-year college first and and get a business degree um, and in, enjoy mainly to enjoy college because I think, I think you learn more. Um, like there was an article I was reading about, do, you, do kids learn more job skills or life skills in college? Hands, there, there's no question about it. In my opinion, life skills. Absolutely. That's why you go to college. I mean, you go to college for the fun. You go to college for the education. That's great. But that's just part of the pie. You go to, you should go to college for the life skills. College is purgatory between no responsibility and responsibility. That's what college is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of think the opposite. I think you learn more. I think the the life skills are more valuable, but I think you learn more um, like educational skills because, I mean, you're going to 20, 30 hours of classes a week, so you're learning a lot more. But I, I definitely think the life skills are more important or they will last longer because there's a lot of shit in college I don't remember anymore. But I remember how to work with, with people in a group or how to treat people or, you know, different uh, methods of uh, learning and and interacting with people your age or dealing with problems. So I think those definitely last longer. Well, a new poll done by Texas Tech found 73 percent of us agree college isn't just about book learning. 
It's also yeah. about learning to be an adult. People were asked to name the hardest thing about college and getting good grades did rank first, but it barely beat out the next three. Learning how to manage your time, having more responsibilities, and living on your own, which I, I think all three of those are huge, especially the living on your own. Uh, that's why I wanted Caleb to go to college. I mean, he did. He tried it. He just didn't like it. His problem is, is he's too smart. And he looks at the professor. Well, he thinks he's too smart, but he is, he's a smart kid. He just looks at the professors and he's like, this is stupid. I already know this. He doesn't realize that he has to crawl before he can walk and definitely before he can run. So he's like, I'm out of here. And, you know, and now he just tries to find high hourly paying jobs, uh, which at least he's out there working. And now it's pretty easy to find a, a good waged hourly job. I mean, Brandon, what are you paying your guys? You're paying your guys pretty good money, aren't you? Yeah, uh, between 15 and 20, depending on how much they know. My main guy's making 20. I remember when I was 13, I was so excited that I got a raise to $4 an hour. That was illegal. Huh? So I think that was illegal. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I mean, I was I was 13, yeah, 12, maybe 12, no, 13. I was 13. Maybe 14, 13, no, 13. I was 13. Um and I was making 3 315 or 325. So the restaurant business, restaurant business is different, right? When you're a waiter or busboy. Oh yeah, true. When you're getting tips. So I'd get tips. I get $22 a day. I mean, I was, it was like, and you're going to pay me $4 an hour and I'm here for, you know, six to three, you know, so that's seven. So you're going to pay me an extra $28 on top of the $22 in tips. Are you kidding me? This is <laughs> glorious. This is the best thing in the world right now. I was so ecstatic. Every two weeks I get a paycheck for like $84. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. this is awesome. That would get you a half a tank of gas. Yeah, well, not that it wouldn't. Yeah, but I mean, today, that's why you got to raise the, the wages. Well, that's always been the argument with inflation. You know, every year, inflation is like between one and a half and 3%, depending on what's going on in the world. Obviously, lately, it's been a lot more than that. So the idea is when you're in a career that every year you get an increase in your salary. So, I mean, at least 5% um, just to keep up with inflation. I mean, you're getting a raise, but you're really not getting a raise. So that's, that's the idea. But then when you go to a job and you're like, okay, well, I need this. And they're like, oh, we can't do that. And you're like, what's... What am I doing here then? <laughs> like, why? like, well, you make enough anyway. <laughs> like, who are you to tell me I make enough? Like, let me do what I do and you do what you do, I guess. So, I don't know. I, I, tell, I tell Ariel and I tell her friends this. I'm like, you know, when you go to college, learn the life skills. The life skills are important. Because, like, a lot of, a lot of kids now, if they're not going to school or they're not in that type of environment, you know, like, I fear that in the next, within the next 50 years, they're, there will be such a small percentage of blue collar workers, you know, labor workers, like kids that think about, does any high school kid right now, are they excited to be a plumber? Are they excited to be an electrician? You know, jobs that we need. Are they excited to be in construction? Are they excited to be a roofer? Uh, no, they're not. They're like, fucking put me outside for eight hours. Are you kidding me? <laughs> when I can be well, on my phone in my house, in my room, and make three times that amount selling old, you know, Jordans. 
right? <laughs> yeah, but you you're probably thinking of like maybe like the Roswell kids, but there's other kids like you know, um, like Kyle Petty told us uh, on Friday. He said um, you just kind of did what your parents did. You did, when you grew up, you just kind of followed in their footsteps. And yeah. so I think there's still a lot of people like that, that kind of take on the family occupation or business. They just, uh, they might live like where Brandon lives. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm going to follow in my mother's footsteps. I'm going to try to go fuck a rich old guy. <laughs> uh, you can't complain to anybody now, mom. I don't have a boss. I'm the boss. You got to send your hate emails to me to see if you can get me fired. I can say whatever I want now about you. Sorry. This is how that is. So, yeah. Anyway, job skills, life skills. Did you want, did you learn any, how long did you go to college for? Five, 10 minutes, Brandon? Uh, it was like two years almost. Two, now, was it a real two years or was it, you would go from home to the, go to your class and you'd go back home? Uh, yeah, I had some classes in Noonan and some in Carrollton. I mean, I never stayed at college. You never uh, stayed at college? Uh, yeah, because it's like commuter college. Yeah, yeah, you didn't, so you didn't really go to college. I mean, you went to college for the credits that amounted to nothing. You did nothing with that. It was a waste of time, a waste of money. Agree? Yep. Uh huh. Okay. That's why I got out of it. Okay. Well, no. If you would have stayed in it, it would not have been a waste of time. It would have not have been a waste. That's why, you know, you've got to go to college. Like the the idea of taking college online, it's fine for older. Like when you get older, absolutely fine. My 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 one of my best my best friend, forty years old, you know, he just got his the diploma, um, from Full Sail for music education or something. You know, and he's got a career. He's a he's a DJ, big time DJ in Las Vegas. Another one of my buddies I just saw. Um, he's been working. He worked in radio for a while. Got out of radio, and then he's uh, in the like beer distribution or something like that. I think, and and he went back to school to get a business degree. It was like Purdue Global or something. But I'm like, good for you, brother. That's awesome. Good for you. He doesn't have to experience college anymore. He's an adult. When you're 18 years old, go to college. Go live on the campus. Deal with the bullshit. Like I said, it's purgatory into the real world. You know, where you experience, you still have the shelter of high school for the most part, but you experience the the fuck shits of the real world, you know? So you get a, you get a little, you're, you're, you got a little bit of the umbrella, uh, but then you got the fuck shits. You know, so, and everybody should experience the fuck shits because those are the ones that are going to make you get learned on what the real world is about. And that's one of the things, big things I stressed area. I was like, I want you to go to school. I want you out of this house. You're more than welcome to stay here as long as you want. But I really, at some point in time, want you, I want you to live on campus. I want you to live on the dorms for at least a year or six months or a semester. Then I want you to get your own apartment and and we'll help you with this stuff, but I want you to experience that life because you're going to screw up and I'll be there when you fall and I'll catch you, but I want you to screw up so you know what it's like to screw up. I didn't have anybody to catch me or very few people caught me. Plus, I was a little chunky. That would hurt them, <laughs> you know, but I, you need somebody like that. And, and, I, and I want her to do that. And that's why I keep telling her mother, because, you know, Nate, you and I kind of have the same paths in, in college for the most part. You know, we went to mm. a couple different schools. We had the, the, sh- the shelter, you know, of, of certain people in, in our, in our lives, but we also got to experience the fuck shits. Yeah. Well, and that's like, I agree with the, I think everybody should go to college at least for a little bit is it's kind of like, high school plus it's uh 
it's like high school, but there there's no one holding your hand. Your mom's not waking you up. You got to learn, get your ass up, get to class. Nobody's giving you a second chance on that paper. If you didn't do it, it's, it's, there's nobody there to hold your hand. Like it was in high school. You got to learn real quick. Hey, if you don't go to class, you don't show up, you don't do the tests, you're going to fail. And you're, and then there's a financial responsibility to it too. Cause when you get, when you fail out of a class, you lose that money, you know, you don't get a refund for it or anything. So I think it helps you grow up a little more for transitioning from school to college, just learning that personal responsibility that being an adult and doing things on your own and being your own motivator. It's funny when my freshman year, no, it was different for me because, you know, everything was structured playing football for the first two years. But I remember, you know, we were there three weeks early. This is at Wingate in North Carolina, and I was stuck in the upperclassmen dorm. I was the only person stuck in this dorm as a freshman for whatever reason. And they didn't show up for another three weeks. And so I was, I mean, it, it was like I was in solitary. I mean, it, it was confinement. It was horrible. I mean, I, I was going nuts. And the freshman dorm was kind of a hike up the street. And they're over there partying, making, you know, com- brother and camaraderie and all that stuff. And I'm fucking lost by myself. It just kind of blew. Anyway, um, they, they were like, when you signed up for classes, they said, we want you to, you have to sign up for 15 hours a week. And then you get to pick your, you know, your times, but football practice is like at two o'clock in the afternoon. So they want you to do morning classes and people, oh, fuck, you know, like I'm fine with that. I'd been getting up at this. My idea going into college is like, I'm not going to change anything. Why would I change anything? Then we're going to get out of sorts and I'm not, uh, it's going to be a pain in the ass. So like, give me the 7 a.m. class. I mean, I'm in. And, and then I was like, why do we take, you know, why are you making us take 15 hours? And they're like, well, because as a football player, you're going to fail one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Would you all recruit a bunch of dummies? So I was actually overcredited when I transferred to UCF. That's why I could have graduated in three and a half years because I had in every credit transferred. So I had, I had, you know, it was it was a breeze. I was like, "What's the big deal?" You know, I get up and I think maybe the first class was like at eight. So it was like eight to eight forty. You know, and then it was like nine to nine forty, and then it was like ten to ten forty. Eleven o'clock, I'm done for the day, and I've got three hours to go play video games, take a nap, take a Gerber. Uh, before I go to practice, this is fantastic. And people are bitching and complaining about it. Like, why would you bitch and complain about that? But the idea was to, you know, even though I'm on my own time management, like you were saying, is that, that you, you have to do that. And then you mix in the personal dilemmas that you're going to run across arguments with family, arguments with friends, breakups with boyfriends, breakups with girlfriends, you know, that takes a huge toll that starts to fuck with your brain a little bit. I know it did mine. I mean, I was, there was a year I was, I was, I was lost, like really lost, but I was on my own. I had to deal with it. I had to figure it out. And I did. And that's what I want Ariel to do. So I, I'm a big fan of the life skills in college, but also, you know, you get to kind of just figure out what you want to do. Like you might, everybody wants to grow up and be something. And very few of us are those things as we grow up, you know, when we get there. So you're like, maybe along the way you run into an electrician and you're like, well, this is a good job. It pays great. And I can own my own business, work my own hours. I want to go to school to be an electrician. Now I got to do something in the trade industry. So that's cool too. You know, Rachel and I had that conversation the other day. She was like, I don't think there's going to be any more trade people. Like eventually they're just not going to be around. So then you might be right. Nobody wants to do it. But like you said, like Kyle Petty said, if your dad does it, then you might want to do it. 
Yeah. There's a lot of people that don't go to college and, and they make a lot of money just doing, you know, blue collar jobs and there's technical schools and um, certification programs and stuff. I think that people are always going to be doing that because not everybody wants to. Actually, I feel like less people want to go to college now than, than ever because um, they've, they've realized you can do side hustles or you can just work a, a blue collar job or whatever. And you don't need that to, to be well off and support your family. Do you regret not going, finishing out college, Brandon? Fuck no, not one bit. Really? Not one bit. I, I still have the notifications on my phone. It'd be like English 2 PM. And I'd be like, damn, if I was still in college, you know, I wouldn't be getting this check right here. I'd be sitting in school hating my life. Yeah, but eventually you said check. Though you said not chick, check or chick. Yeah, check, check, check yeah. yeah. Well, eventually you'll get the check. You know, you're just prolonging getting the check. It's like uh, a kid that's really good in basketball, or a kid that wants to come out of college into the pros early before finishing his career. Now that's a little bit different because that check is usually seven numbers. Your checks are not. Most of our checks are not. So it's it's a little bit different of a story. But you don't miss the college life. Cause you never, you never even got to experience it. I mean, I went to parties and stuff like that, but I mean, my whole mindset going to college is like, all right, I'm paying all this money or, you know, the college funds paying all this money. Um, why am I going to waste my time partying when I can do that for free? Well, you know, all those lottery tickets I bought were supposed to send you to college. I've, <laughs> you know, so I lost for years for you to go to college and now I feel like I got scammed. <laughs> I had, yeah, a, but, I had hope, but not Zell Miller. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> but you're also, I mean, you're right about partying. You can do that even when you're not in school and stuff. But, I mean, dude, college, shooting fish in a barrel, man. You're out there hitting hole-in-the-wall bars looking for that one diamond in the rough. Like Jason would say, there's beautiful babies all over that place. All over. When I tra- <laughs> well, Not so much at Wingate, but when I transferred to UCF, oh, it was beautiful babyville, man. And, and Hill and I, we were roommates and, uh, and we had a thing where every day we had to, to, to meet a new beautiful baby. That, that was the goal and get, to get her number and, you know, not to date or, I mean, just whatever, just to get her number. But it was the idea of just every day meet, meet a new beautiful baby. And we come back and we tell the story of the beautiful baby we met and we did it for two years, strong, straight, met beautiful baby, just walking on the green. And you see a girl walking by herself or her friends just walk over and be like, Hey, how you doing? You know, my name's Jason. You know, what's your name? And everybody was always wanted to meet other people. This is again pre-social media, so everybody was like, "Hey, I, I, I'm, 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 uh, you know, Bertha. You know, like this is my friend Gertrude and 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 Ethel. You know, like, oh, cool. You know, what are you guys doing this weekend? I heard the Sigma Chi House is having a party. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah, can I get your number and I, I can call you up and tell you more about it? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Thanks very much. Yeah, they said, oh, sorry, we're picking out our new walkers, me and Gerth and Gertha and Ethel or whatever. Gertrude. <laughs> Gertrude. By the way, if you call us, you're going to get an operator first. <laughs> How weird. Those, I mean, I guess that would happen at the time, you know, in our grandparents, but you go to college and you go to meet this hot, like, 19-year-old and her name is Gertrude. <laughs> That'd be so weird. Me I, and Gertie got it on. Like, we, me and Gertie got dirty. I, I actually, I've done that before. I've met a girl named Gertrude that was when I was younger. And she was beautiful, gorgeous. And I, I picked her up, and I remember asking, asking her name, and she's like, it's Gertrude, but my friends call me Gertie. And I go, mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> I was like, can I be the first friend to call you Sunshine or Mercedes or something different? <laughs> you want to go grab a bowl of cream of wheat, or what are you doing now? 
and it's always their middle name is normal. Like, uh, yeah, my name, my, my full name is Gertrude Lisa McDowell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call you Lisa. <laughs> and I guess the thought process behind that is Gertrude is, is a family name, may, most likely the grandmother's name. And they're like, well, she's not going to go by that, so we'll call her Lisa. But Lisa's more of a middle name than Gertrude is, I guess. I don't know. Um, you know, my grandmother's name was Evelyn, which is, I think, coming back in style as Eve or Evie or Evie, you know, those types of things, you know, but when we get dogs, you know, Rachel wants to get another dog. We always give them kind of older people's names, you know, Milton, Max came with Max, Petunia, uh, just, it was different Milton, you know, Mr. Milts, Milton, and he's an old man now. <laughs> And there was a dog that she was showing me. She was like, oh, my God, look at this calf. And I was like, yeah, that's an Evelyn. She's like, oh, my God, it is. It's an Evie. <laughs> <laughs> All of our dogs look like, like we're calling out our dog's name. People think we're, we're calling over to the nursing home or hospice or something. <laughs> <laughs> you guys taking care of some elderly people at the Bailey house? Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you're in the backyard yelling out old people's names. <laughs> Thank you for being my dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, that's that. Uh, Podcastthebs.com before we do one question with Brandon. Uh, the website's fantastic. Lots of stuff to do on there. And I tell you this all the time, but for those that don't know, you know, we do want you to be a subscriber. You'd be helping out tremendously. Um, you get uh, commercial-free episodes. You get extra bonus episodes. Uh, you get exclusive giveaways. Um which we have some new ones coming up here shortly, especially when we announce podcast and pours too. You're going to be a one. You're going to want to be a two percenter because you're going to be able to week on a weekly basis win tickets, and it's going to be great. And I know I keep telling you about this, and I said that by now I would have more details, and I don't. So I'm going to prolong it even more. We're just waiting for the paperwork to be signed. That's all we're waiting for: paperwork to be signed. Once the paperwork is signed, and the check is cut. We are ready to rock and roll, literally ready to rock and roll. And uh, if you're a two percenter, if you're a premium two percenter, you're going to be the first to get tickets free of charge because I'll have your email address. and I'm just going to shoot them out. But outside of that, the social media is up there. Um, if you haven't liked, shared uh, or whatever on any of our social media, please do that, especially our YouTube. We're trying to get our numbers up for subscribers. That's free of charge. Um of course, you know, but again, that's all off podcast, the BS.com. I see a, a very big uptick in our in, uh, Instagram followers, which is cool. So that's great, too. So always trying to get those numbers up. The more people we have, the more people that know about the product, the better we're off. And we're kind of lean on you guys for that, too. Keep up the conversations in the private two percenter uh, Facebook group. You guys are great. Really, really are fantastic. So and the merch store is up there as well. All right. With that being said, uh, Brandon's got a question. One question. One question with Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. All right, Brandon, go ahead. Hello, everybody. I'm here to tell you about Sparky's Lawn Service. He cuts your grass, he does your mowing, your trimming, your edging, and we're coming into fall here before you know it. And I'm sure he'll pick up some leaves for you and bag them up, maybe do a little prep. Uh, he's veteran owned and operated since 2020. Uh, give him a call or shoot him a text, which is real convenient because then he ain't got to leave a voicemail and everything. That's a pain in the ass. 706-897-2199 uh, and at gmail.com. And I got to say thank you to Andrew Sparks for getting me a fence job. A what? A, fi- a fixed job? 
Fence. 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 I might not understand you today. A fence. fence. What do you mean a fence job? Like you have a, now you're not only doing backflows, but you're building fences. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. We build fences. <laughs> okay. This is going to get to a point with, with your business that when you do too much, it gets confusing for people. Yeah, I know. That's why I changed the name to Thrasher Services. Th- sounds like you're a hitman. Thrasher Services. Is that that's the new name of the business? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have both running, you know, so that way people don't get confused when the other one just disappears. This Is, is ThrasherServices.com purchased yet? Yep. Nate's working on the website, too. Uh, I'm going to keep this one. Wow. All right. Are you paying Nate to do your website? Yeah, when he gets it done. Oh, <laughs> if, I mean, he does, how it works. if he does a good job. <laughs> All right. Good for you. And you'd rather people text you if they want their fence done. Yeah, that'd be great. Not call. You won't pick up if they call. I'll pick up. But, you know, usually I'm busy here doing something like this right now. <laughs> doing something like this. Right. Have you gotten any text <laughs> while, while we've been uh, doing the show today? Uh, anybody need a backflow check or a fence check or calling about Sparky's Lawn Service, your buddy Andrew? Uh, now I got a guy that we're supposed to put a water line in at his house tomorrow. Who's asking me how, what the plan was on that. Mm-hmm. Haven't responded yet. I'll probably do that after this. And then some dude did want to backflow. Talked to him yesterday, but he never sent me his information. So I followed back up with him this morning to figure that out. Sounds like you need a secretary, Brandon. Yeah. I told one of my customers that and he said, no, you got to get a secretary. Sex retiree. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. I like that. Get some young little lady friend to come over to the thrasher house that your dad is never in for whatever reason. Or if he is, he's naked in his bedroom taking a nap. And she just sits there outside your bedroom door at a little middle school desk with a plastic chair and takes phone calls on a landline. Rotary. Yeah, with a skirt on. With a skirt on, no panties. <laughs> and a midriff. With a sweater, an old lady sweater, pink, white buttons, and pearls, and a bow in her hair. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Okay, what's your one question? All right, I actually got this from Andrew also. He suggested it, and I thought we used to talk about this all the time in, like, high school, middle school, and it's a pretty big debatable question. Uh, here we go. Is water wet? That's a big setup for that question, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Why the fuck were you talking about this in high school? Is water wet? Yes, water's wet. Water water is the noun. Wet is the adjective. Yes, water is wet. But what makes something wet? I I would say it's not wet, and it makes other things wet. So, like, if you put water on something, it's making, like, the table wet, but the water itself is not wet. Are ice cubes wet? No, because they're solid. But when they melt, they are. But whatever you're, like, let's say you're touching it and you feel it melting, then your hands are wet. The ice cube is not. But you can't get wet. Like, is a stove hot? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but, but, it's, but it'd be like saying, is fire on fire? No, because it's fire. But it is on fire because it is fire. No, the wood is on fire. The fire is just fire. Oh, fuck you guys, man. No. (laughs) Fire is on fire. Water is on wet. Or not, water is wet. Yes, I'm saying it is. Okay, so we'll, we'll... Well, what is wet? Wet is water. 
but what like what do you can cons- no because water is a thing what do you what do you consider wet because wet is wet if you if your shirt is dry there's not water on it but if it's wet that means you've gotten water or some kind of liquid on your shirt correct this is a stupid question, Brandon. This is the dumbest question you've had so far. No, this is the best one he had because there's actually like some debatability to it. <laughs> yeah, you, but you can't you can't have one without the other. So if you can't have one without the other, one would then think that is what is. If that, if you understand that 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 very like so you can't be wet without water, meaning that water is wet to make said shirt wet. Yeah, but it's what's making it wet. It's like saying, like, a pencil isn't words. You have to use a pencil to create words on paper. Okay, fair enough. But water, but here's the difference. Water is not producing wet. Water just is wet. Here we go. Here's my argument. Water is not producing wet like a pencil produces lead. Okay, Water is wet, so you have to actually use the water in order to make it wet. You don't go to the ocean and water is producing water. Water is what it is. It's just water. No, but it's just nothing until it touches something else. Because you, you go to the ocean, water gets wet, or water is wet when it touches you, but water is not water. I mean, water is not wet. It's just, it is it is what it is. We've been talking about this for over three minutes now. I can't believe I've talked about is water wet over three minutes. This is <laughs> but, nuts. But if you look at, like, what, what wet is, it's, like, the ability to make something, some kind of surface wet. You wouldn't say, like, what, like I mean, I, I wouldn't say water is wet because... It has to be on something else. One thing is making the other thing that happened to it. Look at even tigers in the background rolling over, itching his ears. He's like, would you guys please stop talking about this stupid subject? Well, what, what was your conclusion in high school, Brandon? I don't think, I think it was pretty split. Like it was like it is right now. What do you think? Oh, what do I think? I think uh, it's like in certain cases, I think you pour, you know, a certain type of water onto another. Like if you got food coloring in the water, then you can see it's mixing and you're making it wet. I think you can make water wet, but water itself is not wet. Okay. Let's leave, let's leave it up to the two percenters. Can you remember to post the poll? Yeah. Okay. Poll or just a question. What's that? Oh, I guess it could be a poll. Yeah. Yeah. We should probably change this bit name from one question with Brandon to the stoner questions with Brandon. You know, <laughs> yeah, but they also think about, let's say there's a cup of water, you close your eyes, you put your fingers in it. The, what you put your fingers in isn't wet. Your fingers are wet. You wouldn't say like, if you put your hand in a glass of water and they said, what is that? You wouldn't say it's wet. You would say it's water, but your fingers would be the things that are wet. I, I'm still <laughs> saying water's wet. I, I, water's wet. Fire's fire. Water's wet, fire's hot, mud is mud, sky is sky, clouds are clouds, cotton is cotton. I, I'm, that's, that's, I'm going to take that side. We'll see who agrees with me. You make valid you points. To, you make valid points. I'm not going to say you don't, but I'm going to stick with my guns and say water is wet for my reasons. I like the one that, uh, the, I, I, was, I thought the one that was strong about the produ- water not producing water, like a pencil produces lead. Yeah, but it's not wet. Like, what or what is the <laughs> okay, measurement of wet? Because wet to me is something that, it, like, you're saturating something. You're you're putting it on something else. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
But that thing is the thing that is wet. The 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 item that is create making it wet isn't wet itself. Mm. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. Well, we're not going to agree on this. I'm telling you right now. But while you want me to look it up, but uh, no, I don't want you to look it okay. up. Actually, uh, while we're recording this episode, Brittany Grenier, Griner, mm-hmm. the bass, the WNBA chick, mm-hmm. found guilty in Russian drug trial, faces up to nine and a half years in prison. Shit! <laughs> I thought we were trading them for like Vlad the Murderer or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, all right, so we've got this mass murder. We want to trade for the NBA WNBA player. <laughs> Uh, Rogan made a really good point about this on his podcast. He says, you know, it sucks that she's over there. It sucks that she's in, in prison in Russia. Obviously, you know, and I don't know if he said this, but in my my two senses, I think it's being made out to a bigger deal because of the situation we're in right now uh, mm-hmm. with Russia. There's there's no doubt about it. They're using this as, as propaganda. But she did break the law. You know, she did go over there with you know, marijuana cartridges or whatever the case may be. And Rogan's point was, you know, it, it sucks and he wishes she were not in that situation. Um, and not so much kind of what a lot of people are, are saying of, you, you broke the law, you know, you're in Russia, you shouldn't have fucking broke the law and you did and you got to serve the time, whatever it is, and it sucks. Um, but here in the United States, there are thousands and thousands of people that have served ridiculous and are serving ridiculous sentences for the smallest amount of marijuana, you know, because they got popped before we started to understand it's not that big of a deal, you know, to the point now United States keep the United States is more people in prison than any other country in the world. And, And most of them are for the stupidest of reasons like marijuana. Like I think marijuana charges lead the, uh, the, 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 this, the w- prison sentences, you know, like that's what they did. And, you know, when people would take it to the extreme, there were stories that I remember years ago of guy gets popped with the, the littlest of weed and their prisons are full. So the guy that just raped somebody or murdered somebody gets to go home. Like there are plenty of those stories out there. So, you know, this is a big deal because of the situation we're in and we're and it's Russia and it's an American and this and this and that, but she broke the law in that country and that's their sentence. If it is, I mean, she hasn't, as of right now, she's just been found guilty. She hasn't, she hasn't been uh, sentenced yet. So whatever it is that they sentence her to, but here in the United States, we do have a really ridiculous amount of people, Americans, and probably foreigners as well. I'm drawn actually, I'm sure foreigners that are serving pretty hefty sentences for dumbass pot charges that happened back in the day. So, like, yeah. we're, we're not we're not that different than what they're doing to her. But you also have to look at what other people that we've negotiated out of, you know, whatever if they're imprisoned in some other country where they probably broke the law, but our state department helps get them out. So it's not like we've never done this before, but also I think people maybe don't not, not not care about her, but don't see that we should help her because maybe her political stance or just that she's a WNBA player. If this was my, I mean, she, from what I understand, she's like the Michael Jordan of WNBA. She's like one of the best players of all time. If Michael Jordan was over there, everybody and their mother would be screaming, uh, get him out of there, you know, signing petitions. Like, let's help this guy out. It's kind of weird that as, as more, as 
as you get more famous, the more the general public wants to help you. Of course. I mean, that's you're, you're absolutely correct. That's just how it is. It's always been that way and it will always be that way. It's just how, how it works. Um, but there, there are Americans that are in prison in other countries, non-celebrities, of course, mm. that have been there for years. You know, I mean, and, and nobody knows about it and nobody talks about it. And the United States, you know, might behind the scenes be trying to get them out. That's great. But, you know, some 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 people are just shit out of luck. I mean, this is different because she is a celebrity and mm. there wouldn't there wouldn't even be a conversation and there would not be a headline if she weren't in the WNBA, which is really I mean, she could be the best WNBA player that's borderline celebrity in my book. You know, I mean, comparing her to Mike, Michael Jordan, it's like, I don't know. She might be the best WNBA player, but that's like saying I'm the best tennis player at old town. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm not combining like comparing their skills. I'm just saying it's kind of like hypocritical to be like, she broke the law. But if it was Michael Jordan, then we would be not saying the same thing. 100%. I agree with you. You're and I, I, don't know if I would do it, but that's just how the world works. You know that. I mean, you can't change that. It's a very it's it's a very catch twenty two world. You know, the bigger the bigger the name, the more money in your pocket, the more luxuries in life you have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you strive to have those things so you have those perks in life. You know, you have the VIP treatment. But on the flip side of that, if she didn't have a name, there wouldn't even be a conversation, and probably Vlad the murderer wouldn't have even been offered up. If she were just Brittany, the drug cartridge chick, you know what I mean? Um, the United States wouldn't have even come to the table with an offer to, to, to trade out. And then I don't even remember what the deal was, but you're like, it was like, we will give you Vlad, the murderer for, for, for the WNBA chick. And then there was somebody else that was thrown in there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <the spy. laughs> yeah. It was like the 17th round pick in your fantasy football league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The spy, the spy. Yeah. yeah. It was like the, the American spy or the Russian. What was it? We were trading one for two or two for one. Do you remember? Uh, we were trading the merchant of death for Brittany Griner and this other guy who was uh, sent to jail for espionage. Okay. So he was one of us that they caught. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're throwing this guy, like sliding him in. And they're like, okay, you know, well, give us the weed chick, but also throw in the guy that was trying to bring down your government. Okay. And we'll give you Vlad the murderer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's a fair deal because you guys love Vlad, right? We need our WNBA. But more importantly, we need Joe the Spy back, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but but nobody knew about Joe the Spy until the, until the WNBA chick got popped, right? And it, and he's in jail for ten, something ten times worse than, than the weed cartridges in her vape machine, right? This guy's been spying on the fucking Russian government. <laughs> and nobody knows about him, nor did they offer up a trade for him until the WNBA chick. They were just going to let him rot in the fucking Russian jail. <laughs> now, how many people in the United States are in jail for spying for espionage or treason or any of those things? Very few, you know, and if they are, they're in a special, they're in a special jail. This whole thing's yeah. ass backwards. It's fucking weird. <laughs> so weird. If we get someone out of jail, like in another country, do we put them in jail here or do we just like, Oh, no, you're good to go. That's a great question. The answer to that is no, we don't put them in jail here. I mean, it's, I guess it all depends on what it is. But, I mean, if they're being extradited back to the United States for something they did in the United States, she didn't break the law in the United States. She broke the law in Russia. You know, the reason why they're doing the trade is because there's so much pressure. You know, and there's so many different communities pushing, you know. Again, if this Russian-Ukraine thing wasn't going on, 
this wouldn't be a story, but it is. And, and, and if we're not like, if we weren't on the verge of world war three right now, this wouldn't be a story. And it's like, is, is Brittany Griner going to be the straw that like, we're going to look back in 10 years and go, God, I remember a day that they, the bomb went off and it was all over the Brittany Griner chick from the WNBA. If she wouldn't have taken weed cartridges into the, to Russia, you know, 50 million people wouldn't have been killed. But be, yeah. <laughs> but because they wouldn't take Vlad the murderer trade, man, shit just went crazy. I mean, it, it could be something like that. Anything about World War II, the reason why Pearl, I mean, one of the main reasons Pearl Harbor got bombed was because of the tariffs that we put on Japan. And they're like, fuck you, assholes. And they came over here and did what they did. I never thought that would happen. And it was all about tariffs and money. I mean, there's more to the story, I know, but a lot of that people don't realize it was about tariffs. So when you hear tariffs in the news and you don't think it's a thing, it's a thing. When you, when you put the stranglehold on a country's economic system, because you can, just like people have done to us, because we failed to produce the things, in the United States that we used to produce. Those are fighting words, right? You're like, Hey, you, right. you promised us a bunch of fucking fake uh, dog doo doo and you're not going to ship it over. We're sending in the we're sending in the troops. <laughs> we're gonna take you out. Take you down Chinatown. Take you out. Take it down. Take it down. Whatever the case is. So anyway, hope everything works out for old Brittany. You know. So yeah. It's turned into a political back and forth though. Yeah. Well, like you're saying, it probably wouldn't have been I don't think it would have been a story as in they probably would have gotten her out far easier, but I think now they're using it as a, a pawn. <laughs> they shouldn't have put Joe the spy in the deal. I think he yeah. screwed it all up. They're like, we don't like Vladimir that much. Like he did murder people. So I, I'm joking, by the way. I don't know who, anything about these people, but I'm yeah. going, you know, Joe the spy. He's a big deal. They're trying to sneak one past us. Joe the spy is like three cells down. He's got his little mirror and he's like, hope this shit works out, Brit. That's <laughs> <laughs> me your weed. I got this idea. I want to steal the warden's shoes and we're just going to walk out of here because nobody can. We're just going to go through the pipelines. I saw it in a movie one time. We're going to just swim through poo-poo. <laughs> Maybe the uh, shell shank thing can work. All right, um, that's it for the show. Uh, Nate, you got anything before we get out? There's a time and place to do drugs. It's called college. That's right, not Russia. Uh, <laughs> Brandon. Don't do drugs. Great. Thanks for thinking of that one very, very hard. That's why you should have stayed in college. All right, look, have yourself a great, safe uh, rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Of course, thanks for all the support. Anyway. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.